Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 27 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast, adjunct series, quarantine edition. Mate, it's been more than half a year, absolutely bonkers doing this. So this evening, you guys may know this individual if you have been watching us uh, or listening to us. Um, This is the first returning guest on the new adjunct series that we've been doing. Noah Forrest, what's going on, brother? Not much yourself. Very, very good. This is our second introduction because I had it accidentally <laughs> muted. We don't have yeah, to repeat what we just fucking said, but we were saying our beards are lovely and your beard is exceptionally angular. I, I yeah, it's it's got like a good thing going right now. I like it. It's like no, the Bob is real serious, and they're like, oh. <laughs> I like that. You know, got this thing out and he's going. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Solid, solid. I like yeah. it. I like it. And good to see your face. We talk every day, but uh, we don't get to actually um, hang. I know it's all chat. So just like oh, tippity typing. And you know the funniest thing? Every time I speak to you, it always kind of throws me off because we're such assholes to each other, like all of us, all day. <laughs> and then I speak to you, I'm like, oh yeah, I love this guy. Like, why are we always mean to each other? <laughs> it's, so it's, not, it's not weird for <clears throat> me because I see your face constantly and you're constantly talking at me in some <clears throat> video or something. So, so you're used I'm to it. So accustomed <clears throat> to, to everything, <laughs> Craig. I, look, I, I can't be mad at that. Um, I just need you to. <laughs> no, do it's something. not a bad thing. It's just, it's just. I'm <clears throat> I, I respect it. I just need. I need more Noah. Is what I'm saying. I don't know why. I don't know why your face isn't. Uh, I need a vlog or some sort yeah. of thing like that. I feel like you could you could do a similar type of thing. You have a you have a lot to say. You know, you know what's going on. That's true. I've yeah. thought a bit about it. I feel like I feel like yeah. I could talk you into it by the end of the episode. How about that? Let's okay. do it. All right. Um, so. The reason we're doing this evening, we have actually, you're going to be co-hosting uh, two podcasts that we have coming up in the next few weeks, um, which is super exciting because you've also co-hosted, how many of you been for? Two or three, maybe. <clears throat> yeah. And it's always a pleasure because these two that we're going to be doing um, are people that you introduced me to in the first place anyway, so that makes it extra you know, connected. And I always find it's a dope um, tag team on our side because you ask questions. Excuse me, because you have knowledge of these guys that I would, Jesus Christ, fizzy water, man. Haven't you had a beer yet? Um, that uh, that I would never ask because I don't know them in the way that you do. So it's it's really cool. So I'm really much looking forward to that. Um, so we thought, you know what? Since the one got postponed that we were supposed to do together tonight, I forgot to tell you, the beer never arrived. Wow. So it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened regardless. Because the wow. yeah, the guest had to postpone till next week. But the beer, now when we do the podcast, you guys might have noticed that I always make sure that we have the beer this side that, you know, if we're interviewing, it just kind of like feels weird if like, and I've done it before, where you're interviewing them and drinking something else, which is cool if they're in Australia or some shit, but otherwise like, you know, it's... uh, You want it to be... You want to be able to talk about what you're consuming and and, and, and speak to it and comment on it in some yeah. capacity. Because we're promoting them and their product, right? Yeah. And like, I, it's really hard to sort of talk about what they're doing and stuff if I'm not sitting there drinking it either, right? So um, this evening, the best part about this is we had we have all the beers we both happen to have. We went through our fridges and uh, we've got some. Uh, we got a fantastic have too much beer, so sometimes it works out. <laughs> You and I have a large, large problem. I feel like we flex on the boys in our group too much, and it's like, ah, look at this. We just probably. got like, we're asshole. They're probably like, fuck these guys, man. Like, but then, oh, well, it's pretty tongue in cheek. 
Yeah, we are Hopefully joking. Hopefully they get that. No, they know, they know. They know. So the first one, you guys saw the name of the episode I put. We might not keep it, but I put Yawn Boys for now because that's a uh, little, you know, people know Haze Boys uh, as, you know, the people who are all hype boys or whatever. We, me and Nate from Nathan Does Beer, who's also our blog writer here at uh, BOS, asked Nate, he's a legend. Him and I started calling, I think I came up with it because I kept saying the beers that you and Chris from Hobbs and Bros are into were yawn beers to me because they're boring. Like, you guys like barley wine. I mean, it, obviously, they're not bad and obviously it's tongue in cheek, but you, you know, there are styles I'm not uh, preferential to. Um, barley wines, fucking, what else is the stuff that you like that I make fun of? Shit that we're about well, to. I think most of the thing that you <clears> like <throat> the most is like saisons and stuff. Oh, yeah, the farmhouse and stuff. I kind of like that stuff now, though. You know? Exactly. <laughs> the whole thing is falling apart. Everything, every, and you've been drinking more lactose than ever. So, I mean, like, I don't even, who are we anymore? So, one of the biggest, uh, I, I've always liked this style, but just because you like it so much, I just rag on it, is uh, Guz. So, we both happen to get uh, multiple bottles of um, Dre Fontanen. Um, Udgus from the SAQ did a recent sale and uh, I actually tried this with you guys with you uh, Derek and Matt from Vox and Hops oh that's true but you've also you've <clears> also <throat> had it before that too I think no? oh do you know where I had it I had it in Australia with uh, my cousin yeah I could have um, swear I saw you with a picture holding up a bottle of Dufont in with a friend or something yeah, at some point it was in my it cousin Dan Tilkin, though. maybe I got mixed up I don't know. well I had Tilkin sometime recently as well and I had some of the stuff at um, uh, what's the festival we went to Help me out here. The best um, food uni, food uni. At food uni, they had the. Um, I missed out on the Cantillon because everyone went right there, and I was like, "Fuck that! I'm going to other half and shit." But I came back after, and I got, uh, I got the, um, I got the Dre Fontana, and I can't remember what I got, but I got some stuff, so I was totally happy. But when they had the sale, I was pretty stoked. I am not an early bird, so you got the fire, I got the leftovers, but I still managed to get five or six bottles of stuff. So I'm really not. Yeah. Complaining. Do you want to crack it open and talk about it? Yeah, let's crack it open. So this is the... These things sometimes like... Oh, yeah? Okay. Roof. All right. Let's find out. How is that? Um, You've met my friend Derek. I have. Uh, You've been to his house. Um, I was there once, and we were were popping a a Drifon, and I think it was a creek or something, and uh, it popped so hard that it flew like 20 feet and hit the baby's high chair right where the, its head would have been. <laughs> like, bah! boom. It was crazy. Gented a little bastard. Yeah, that, okay, um, that's kind of crazy. No so it's probably like, now I'm going to be like shook. That was good. I was not exploding over either. Nice. Yeah, they don't usually gush, oh, but the right. pressure uh, sometimes makes really makes them boom. You know what? We were talking about this when we were planning it earlier. Talk to me. Talk me through the pouring process because I know it's a bit more of a thing, and we got to make sure that I. I made a rookie mistake recently with a Durank that I poured, and my friend gave me shit because it was hazy. He's like, "What did you do? Did you pour all this shit in?" Oh, yeah, it's what you do. When I was so used to drinking haze, I didn't think. So with these, yeah. Ones, so uh, the this in in bottle in in beers that are fermented in the bottle. Um, you 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 often don't want the the sediment. This is it's same goes for like uh, you know Feinsmond or what are like Trappist beers too, right? You like usually try and avoid putting the sediment in. Um, but for lambic, it's it's particularly frowned upon because you don't want to alter the 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 the, 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 gen, the taste of the the beer. 
Um, that's why they, they have lambic baskets, which I'm sure oh, you've I've seen. Oh, I've seen those. I never really understood the kind of purpose behind all that. The, the idea is that, we, like, even I screwed mm-hmm. up. Right. Here. Um, I can't. The idea is keeping the sediment at the bottom the entire time so that, like, when you're pouring it out, you, you're just, you're getting everything but the, the sediment on the bottom. Right. And the sediment is, like, for, for the people who aren't yawn boys, typically, um, like for the haze people, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what literally the yeast is where the haze is, right? So like, you always make sure you save an inch, swirl that, you know, and pour it in. With this, is literally the opposite. I, I watched the video because my friend who gave me shit about it, um, Tim, he sent me a video. I believe it was the the brewmaster of Joe Fontanen who um, uh, actually did a video on how to pour it. So it was supposed to be. I don't know if you've ever seen this shit before. You're supposed to pour out the first sip and then pour the glasses in one continuous motion. So yeah. say you got the 750 and you got to do it and then spill it even more and then leave the bit. And then he said he put it in a different glass and then you can drink it if you want later. Yeah, exactly. It still tastes good, but it really does alter the whole, the whole beer if, if you don't do it properly. But I mean, it's kind of a funny thing with me because I'd say Lambic is my favorite beer style if you want to call it a style um but i don't get much of it so i don't have an uh a particularly acquired um lambic palette uh mm. because i it's just it's too hard to get like i've I had enough of like bought like mid-tier lambic, but it's not like other beer styles where you can relatively easily get like a huge range and then develop like a palette for it. Um, I, I, I've, 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 I've tasted some of the, the, the most incredible Lambic, but not like enough that I can really distinguish. We were talking a bit earlier about, you know, this is the Udgoos and they're also at the SAQ cell had Armand and, and, and uh, Tommy, which is a different blend. It's a quite bottle. It's almost double the price. I think I've had them side by side and there are subtle differences, but I'm just, I'm not quite there yet. Mm, I'd okay. like to be at some point. But. You did quite well on the blind challenge we did where we drank 13 different yeah. goods, which I vomited uh, aggressively <laughs> that evening. I've never vomited like that in my life. Um, yeah, that, but it was, it was a lot. First of all, brother, great to see your face. Cheers. Oh, we're going to talk about the glassware soon. Hmm. This is great. All right. What are we... Maybe we'll just do, uh, we'll go through a quick tasting notes on this shit, and then we can talk about um, sort of the specifics uh, with this. What I'd like to actually ask you, you said about mid-tier, I'd like to know, is this top-tier? I have no fucking clue, so we could go through all that. Um, on the nose, it's like, kind of like green apples. Yeah, you definitely get some of that green apple thing. There's there's so much of that dusty, dusty funk. I always think like yeah. old books. You know, like when you okay. go to a, yeah, a yeah. basement, like your grandma's basement where there's just too much humidity down there and it just has that musty old smell. People yes. often call it barnyard or, mm. or horse blanket. Um, but then, then you get the fruity side of it, right? Yes. That's what, it, what, what makes it so interesting is, is that like when you get this intense grapefruit thing but it's not like grapefruit you get from hops it's more like and that's what's interesting about beer too is like when you when you get a certain 
fruitiness out of it, but I feel like with one style you can get part of that fruit, and then another style you can get the other part of that fruit. Like I get mm. like you know if you took a grapefruit and just bit into it through the, the, skin? the skin, yeah, and you'd get that like sharp kind of tannic tart like bitter yeah. thing. I find uh, almost you get that bitter, juice. yeah. I feel like there's almost like vinegar vibes with it. It's very um, unless I'm just adjusting potentially. It's my first um, beer, but usually it. it most lambic, you won't get any of that acetic. You won't get acetic acid. I don't get it that in in, in this one. Um, you get the the, mm, the lacto acidity. Okay. Um, but you get more vinegar in things like Flanders Reds sure. and other other barrel aged um, sours. Yeah, you're I right. I don't like much um, acetic acid in my beers. I like I in the Flanders, it's fine because it's kind of part of what it is. Whenever someone releases a like a barrel aged sour and it's got that acetic thing, I'm always like, ah, I wish it wasn't there. Yeah, no, I, I totally. A lot of Quebec breweries do it too. I had um, I had something last night that was so. Oh, it was the the fourth um, Rouge de Mecanac one, the La Barberie collab. Fucking, my teeth were hurting after that. <laughs> I couldn't believe how sour that was. Some of those are aggressive. Yo, they were intense. They're good though. Oh, the dude, like Flanders is one of my favorite. Styles, I cannot believe how much I love Flanders Reds now. It's ridiculous. I used to hate them. Now I'm about <laughs> it. Um, so is this – oh, the, the bottle here, just so people know. So the Oud Goose is a blend of one, two, and three-year-old Lambics and bottle-fermented, unfiltered, and unpasteurized, hence the – like you were saying before, all the sediment and stuff. And this specific one I think we both have. I love it on the cork. Oh, you probably can't even see it, but it's got the year. It's yeah. um, blend 10 – from the season 1819. And it even says down here, this particular Ugoose has been blended with Lambics from six different barrels and originating from 10 different brews. Average age while bundling is 22 months is, and 30% three-year-old, 47% two-year-old, and 23% young. I just, I don't know, it's so interesting to me now. This is, yeah, so this is cool, for right? people who don't know, um, <clears throat> Lambic is, is generally always blended. Right. It is spontaneously fermented, meaning... They don't pitch yeast to make the beer. Okay. What they do is they they brew it and then they they cool it down in what's called a cool ship, which is basically like a giant pan in a room. And so all the existing um, bacteria and yeast that lives in the facility ends up fermenting the yeast. Uh, sorry, fermenting the the wort, meeting the beer, and then it's aged in oak barrels. And then when a, a gers is a, a blend of different years, so that if you have like all these different barrels, they. So lambic is the base. One. Lambics are the that? sorry to interrupt. Lambics are the base. Uh, the base. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, well, I, I. That's what it says yeah. here. You're right because I always thought the gers and you did and you added fruit and then it became a lambic, but it's the other way. Around. No, no, lambic is every any is is kind of like. Uh, it's like saying, uh, compared to like saying lager or something, like there's different kinds of lager. Oh, there's I different see. kinds of, I see, I see, I see, you know. So it's an overarching it's, style and then there's yes. a sub. Okay, okay. Um, so Lambic has to come from a small region in Belgium or else it's not Lambic. There are breweries who do similar things. They usually but, say um, Lambic inspired, don't they? Or Lambic style yeah. or yeah. Goose style. I mean, it's, yeah. not like a, I don't, it's not a legal thing. Um, so it's, it's like a respect thing. 
Yeah, it's like champ. It's like champagne, but it's not. It's not legal. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's illegal to put juice <clears throat> or lambic on your product. No. Um. Quick side note on that: some breweries are refusing to call their beers pilsners now if they're not brewed in pilsner. Um. One. Yeah, I don't know if you if we talked about it, but Godspeed are only called they call a pale a Czech inspired pale lager. They call it. I think I saw that and I wasn't sure why, but that that's makes why. Sense. Yeah, because they they there's been like an. Uh, I was going to say Exodus is not the word, but a shit ton of brewers I just from Ontario and Quebec over the last, say, two years who have done these pilgrimages to... They're not even really going to Belgium. They're going to Germany and, and the Czech Republic. And I think that that's why we've seen an influx of um, the Pilsners and stuff. And a couple of them, Godspeed were the first one I saw to do it. I swear I've seen, I think even um, Dominion City in Ottawa do it too. Say Pale Lager, they just won't call it a... Um, Pills. Same as soda. So they always had a pale lager, they called it. Um, I always thought it was weird. I was like, what the fuck is a pale lager? It, just, it was like it weirded me out all the time, but now it makes complete sense. So yeah. that's the thing. I think I was trying to equate that to, to this. Like, And I've had, who did I have the other night that was a good style ale? It was something really good. Or I, or I had something else. I can't remember what it was. It's a big one with some shit. Oh, was it something from Rattlebuck? Whatever. It was, it was something good, and they called it a goods inspired or. Good style. So, continue. Sorry, I just want to let, no, let people know the same type okay. of shit. That makes sense. Um, so, they lambic is the base. It's overall overarching style, but they make different types of lambics, like and they age them for different times, and it becomes a goose. How? After it's spontaneously fermented. So, a goose is basically um, blended lambic. So, okay, you have all these oak barrels of different. Um, Years, oaky, and then they. That's where I'm getting here. Google. What's that? Sorry, I'm getting oaky vibes in this. I totally. Oh, forgot. for sure. Um, and so alambic is usually a blend. Uh, sorry, agurs is usually a blend of one, two, and three year old lambic. Okay. And they basically just shift the ratios to make kind of the perfect blend, and then that's essentially what uh, agurs is. And then for <clears throat> the fruited lambics, like whether it's raspberry or cherries or creeks or whatever, it's the same deal with cherries added. I'm not sure if it's always a blend of one and two and three year old lambic with the addition of cherries, or I don't know if it always has to be that three thing, but um, essentially it still ends up being a blend as far as I understand. Okay. Cause I had, uh, I ended up getting a bottle of the Amon Gaston one you were talking about earlier. Um, and I got the fucking cherry, the creek. So I guess I'll track and check the bottle, but I didn't realize it's basically the same base as this, but then aged on cherries for an additional time or, you know, maybe, maybe instead, cause it said it's got the, you know, one, two and three year old lambics that are blended. I wonder when they introduce the cherries. Cause that shit is like, it's deep, it's deep colored. It's not like a quick thing. Yeah. It's not like it's just throwing in. I'm, I'm assuming aged. it's the barrels. I should know the answer to this, but okay. um, I'm assuming it's, it's in the barrels as well. Mm. Um, I would drink the creek. You don't need to drink it right away. You could sit on it for 10 years if you felt like it. But okay. if you're going to drink one soon, drink the creek. I heard Armand and, and – and, is it Armand and Gaston or Armand and Tar- Tommy? Oh. No, I'm, I always Armand thought it was Gaston, Gaston, but like you know more than me. I would absolutely defer yeah, to Yeah, I just you. get them mixed up. And one's like ultra rare. So I – and, and so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Take a look. Keep talking. I'll look where you're talking. Uh, but that one I heard does better with a bit more time on it if you want to hold on to it. Okay. So we had I, – I hadn't had – I've had the OG of this somewhere before, but now I've got the specific blend. So I was just checking into the specific blend as well because 
I guess they're all probably got subtle differences. If you're a real nerd, you know the deal. Um, and the thing about Lambic is it does age beautifully. Armand and Gaston, like, it's called. Like a lot of other beers you can sit on for a year or two. You might see some improvement with a barley wine or something like that. But yeah. there is something special about aged Lambic. Like, okay. I could tell right now this – and I haven't had one that's so young in a while. And you can you can kind of get that. There's like a sharpness to it that, that, mm. that kind of um, sharp – Slightly bitter grapefruity thing gets more mellow and integrated a bit better over time. Okay. So this like a year on it, you'll see a bit. You won't see a huge, huge difference, unlike most beers. But you'll see it'll start mellowing out a bit. Okay. That's good to know. Um, so I guess I'll try that because I, I would imagine just like any other fruited beer, the fruit probably drops before uh, anything else. So okay, that's good to know. I'm in no rush to drink them, but. Just like you, I don't have your levels, but my shit's getting pretty ridiculous, so I'm more than happy to sit on it for a while. But at the same token, when you mentioned this, because we were trying to figure out what beers did we have that were the same, um, the fact that we both had this was sick. Like, this is perfect. Yeah, it's great. Especially so, the, literally the same vintage yeah, year. We got to be bought from beer. the same thing. So it was good, because I don't know when I would have really busted it out, because it kind of feels like... Not that anything's a special occasion beer that much, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a it Tuesday, so. you'd be like, ah, oh, fuck it. I mean, you could, of course, because the amount that we have to go through, but we, being beer media people, we always have to prioritize content. And we were talking about this, I think, yesterday. Like, what the fuck, you know, this is so much. It's, like, overwhelming sometimes. So, like, this is yeah. this is a pleasure buy. Of course, we're both going to make content about these things. Um, Honestly, I don't always, because they were pleasure purchases. Right, I but should, would, but would, because I should promote the beers the, that I love the most. Right, but this would get I good engagement. Not sometimes because right. it's like, oh, you know what? I I ordered this just for me, and um, I want to just like sit and just sip and shut live up. in it, not mm. think about having to write anything or shoot anything or whatever. Just, it is nice for a change, right? Yeah, and I do that a lot. Yeah, that's good. You, I, I recommended you do it, but I know you can't. It's it's an OCD physically. It's an OCD thing. So I'm like I I have taken a lot of your suggestions on board as far as um you know maybe a brewery will send a batch and you just can't do content for everything at least early on. I've been trying to be like all right, well at least do one thing for something. When people do it soon, then then dribble it out um, yeah. just for volume. And I don't have to do the rest, but I'm always at the very least going to do the, the selfie reviews just because I want to keep those numbers going because it's fun. But, like, I always take pictures for BOS just because, like, I need content. And I don't do uh, an a in-depth review like you do, which does take a lot more thinking. Most of my you time is, like... Kinda, you do. And, actually, I was going to ask you that question. I yeah. honestly have to ask you in here, but why not? Um, why not? I noticed you you post the awesome photo on BOS, but you never include the tasting no. notes that you do for yourself. And I was wondering why. Because, I mean, maybe I should. I don't know. I guess it was like, it's supposed to sort of be like quick and snappy. Yeah. Because not everybody wants to read. And if they want to see, like every single beer you'll see on BOS, unless it's a picture from my brother or Nate, I've had, I drank that beer. So you'll find that on my now at Get It In Your Sea because I changed, uh, I moved my beer stuff off my personal thing because yeah. of music, which is good because I got an EP drop on November 20th. Submitted it yesterday. Saw that. I'm excited. Um, and I got a grant today. 
I haven't got a grant. I've been applying for like two years. I got like a music grant. They, yeah, it's fucking wow. It's not a lot of money, but it's a start. Like it's, you know. Something. Fuck, man. It means you're in the door, right? So, yeah, I separated that. But yeah, so I figure if people could, if they want to see those things, they can go there. Um, and I feel like what, and it's, it's interesting the way that we all work so differently, but um, complementary because say like I find that BOS is always aimed at not the crowd that you're aiming at. I imagine yours is a more sophisticated beer drinker. The average person doesn't really want to read that those yeah. like super in-depth, um, really well, you know, uh, written and expressed um, tasting notes. I find with BOS they're more like, is it good? Okay, cool. Like the type of people we have are more like, not quite noobs, but like, you know, not super lamb. Like we have those people too, but not as much as you. So I, I try and just put a few descriptors in and just keep it like, I kind of let the photo do the talking or if I do the one minute reviews, I'll do my first off the top of my head impressions, which the funny part about that, say if I pop this bottle and I'm like doing it in front of the camera, I do what this, you know, you get one take to open these things. So I'll do it. And then afterwards when I sit with it and write my review, I might even change what I, what I said. No one's ever called me on it, but like I sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I'll add additional things that I've had time or might contradict what I just said because now I'm sitting with it for 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, that's not what I got because it's supposed yeah. to be a quick thing. So I think it's just who we're speaking to as an audience. Um, one thing, I'll be honest, I said this to Tiff the other day and this is, this is a positive thing. You said the thing from Trailway where they said, uh, can I say this publicly? Like he's just giving you props, remember? Oh, message? yeah, that's yeah. Nice. So he, he I, I was I, like, what are you talking yeah. about, trailer? And then now I'm just clicking. No, because this, this is actually kind of funny because I've been thinking about this and it, and it kind of like inspired me in, in a real good way because it was Dan, right, from Trailway? Um, I'm not sure. I've been communicating with Dan via email, oh, but okay. that was on Instagram. I'm not sure if he uh, does see Instagram or not. Okay. It might be. Might be. All right. So I, I just know Dan Mason, who's one of the, he's the head brewer, I think, and the co-founder. He okay, said he's the brewer too. Yeah, I believe I've been, so. I've been corresponding with him over email separately, and uh, it's been interesting. He's a great dude. Um, Trailway has been really good to both of us, which is great. But Dan said to you that you have the best photos and the best beer descriptions in the game, and I was at the same. I was like, like yes, because that's fucking true. Because you're the OG, and I was like, fuck, I gotta step my game up a little bit. And I found that like I think last night I did four one minute reviews just throughout my drinking, and I. I tried a lot harder to use different words and to describe it a bit better because that I was like, you know what? Maybe I do it. Cause I like kind of just piggybacking what you were saying. Why don't I include it? And why don't I always talk like that? I, I felt like, yeah, let me try Let me try a little harder. And it was, it was cool to just maybe think a bit more. Cause Nate does the reviews for the blog and he's a sort of like a, in your vein, the way that he writes. And he's really good. Actually. Yeah. I don't think he he's very realized good. how good he is. I think he's and- been reading your stuff and, I, I I I think what you're doing is great too. <clears throat> it's a different way, uh, like, but I think it's cool because I've, I've stolen th- stolen things from you. We both stolen <laughs> things from each other. Many things, like we stole. I think that's well, there's uh, like fun little like um, descriptors, like vibes, yeah, uh, like silly things, but also just like there's an abrupt, there's a certain abruptness to it sometimes that mm. you have, or like you'll just post a word like fire at the end like i don't i know what I, I try not to use that word because that's like so you but you know what i mean like that kind of thing yeah um i've 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 
I've caught my like I caught I catch myself doing it and I'm like okay well I, I'm I know why I'm doing that but then I'll just leave it in I'm like yeah because yeah, I see it I'm like yeah I I was like oh I hope that's because of me that's awesome because obviously we're friends so it's, you know even if we weren't and it was like different people that you've seen you were all inspired by something right but I think that's kind of cool and that's why I value the friendship with you guys because we talk every day and it's usually nonsense but like watching each other's work. Um, and when I say that, I guess talking about Nathan um, from Nathan Does Beer, Chris from Hops and Bros, Max from Hops and Bros is in there too, but he doesn't really participate. And then yourself. So we're all talking all the time, but we all pay attention. You know, I watch all Hops and Bros videos and read all your posts and articles and shit. And obviously I read Nate's because I edit them, but it's cool because I think we're genuinely ins- inspiring each other. And we take little things from each other. I've, I've learned a lot from the way you describe stuff and the way you teach me about the more complicated stuff that I was sort of never really exposed to. I find that just like, that's like a really cool thing about beer because we're all into different shit. You've been yep. into it in a more hardcore way the longest from anyone I know, uh, or know well at least, um, and also who's doing it at the level that you're doing it. So it's cool. It's it's nice, right? And it's cool to be like, yo, that's my fucking boy. Look at my boy killing it. You're killing it right now, man. I was telling Tiff. I was like, yeah, I'm exactly. loving seeing the – do you want to talk about that stuff now? You're – um. Oh, do you want to do you want to go into your rebrand stuff, or do you want to talk about the SAQ shit we talked about earlier about how that works and how we got hold of these and stuff? Yeah, we we'll talk about the SAQ stuff. If, Let me um, knock that out the way. Yeah. So as we were saying earlier, um, we got these beers from the SAQ, and it was an online sale, like I don't know, two Tuesdays ago at like yeah. 10 a.m. Um, and so this was, I could have my numbers wrong. But I think this was the third attempt to do a Cantillon online sale. And the first two, I think, completely failed. From the SAQ um, side. Yeah, because the, the Quebec Beer Geeks broke their server. <laughs> um, and so for those who don't know, Cantillon is, like, is another um, Lambic producer. And they're just so highly sought out. The, the hype is just through the roof with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drifon and what we're drinking now is equally respected, but there's just something about Cantillon that just people go nuts for. What, um, what's the real quick? What's the rankings of like the most sought after? Maybe like the top five, or or what's top tier, mid tier, bottom tier? Just a couple in each, because I actually have no um, no contact. I'd say Cantillon and, and Drifon <clears> and <throat> are. are, are Tend to be the ones that people really seek out, but there's a, there was some there's some smaller ones that you see less of that people will seek out. But I've never even tried like a Decam, like D E space um, C A M. Um, they they they're very um, <clears throat> sought after, but I don't. I've never had anything from them. Um, you know, there there's like um, Ren. You've had the cuvee, oh, Renee, Renee, yeah, yeah, yeah. See that—that's probably your best bang for your buck. Like those go on sale at the SAQ, and they're like six dollars a bottle for the three seven five. Yeah, yeah. Because these are like what eleven, twelve that we paid for them. Yeah, like, for this specific one, I think so. Yeah, and then I think the cherry was about the same. Might have been a little more. And yeah, the, I think the cherry was closer to twenty, and Armand Gaston, I think, was like twenty too. For the for the three seven five, tiny one. Jeez, okay. I didn't even. I just got one of each. I was like, yeah, yeah. I just grabbed one because I grabbed. Like you were like, I asked you guys because I I got the email from SAQ. I was like, oh, sick. Finally, and I said 10 a.m. I'm like, oh, 
that's not happening. And then you will, you guys were like, don't even bother. It's going to be gone. I'm like, oh, it's that serious. Hey, okay. So I got up and I was like, let me just check it. And then they had, and I think you guys even messaged me, yo, if you guys want it, there's still some left. Because all the yeah. Cantillon was gone, but I managed to get three bottles of Dre and I got some, um, what's that? Uh, McKellar, I think it was McKellar had a. Yeah, they did like, um, I think they. It was they a collab. A it was a big collab. With, with, the, uh, with the Lambic producer. Yeah. Which is exciting. And then I got another one called E9 or something. I just got the cherry one. They had a bunch of different ones. So uh, either, either way, though, I was able to get it. I obviously wanted Cantillon, but I wasn't willing to get up early for it. And also you said as well that there was a shit was, show. There was me and like four other people on a group chat. All of us were hosts. You couldn't. You, you couldn't get through and then you could get through and you could get it into your um your cart but then you couldn't go from there mm-hmm. so after about 30 40 minutes all of a sudden i think once all the cantian had sold out then you were able to go in so i was like at around 11 i was able to go in and order some of these bottles and i actually ended up doing two orders because I just went back and just like, did more. <laughs> you know, I had to pay for the shipping twice, which is lame. But did you not um, have? I did the pickup, the store pickup, for free. Oh, I, they still charged me. It charged me six bucks for the store pickup. Do you know why they had? Um, uh, if you spent eighty bucks, it was free, and so that was the reason I got the McKellar. I was done with the rest, and then it was like I needed like twelve dollars. I was like, do I get another one? I was like, oh, this McKellar sounds fun. Fuck it, and, just, and then got the free store pickup because I got one. Um, yeah, so I screwed up because I did two transactions. Yeah. I didn't get the pre-store. Well, at least you got a bunch um, of good models. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy, and they'll sit in the cellar for a while. Um, but yeah, so once the Cantillon was gone, then it finally opened up. But uh, it, it's just it's it's interesting. It's interesting that there's such a demand for this stuff. Yeah, and yet the SAQ doesn't seem. And it was brought in by Foundation uh, Pivo, right? Pivo. Yeah, Pivo was the one. Uh, so uh, shout out to Fred. Craig and shout outs to Fred. Just Fred. <laughs> Fred, why don't you hook us up, Fred? Come on, bro. We'll pay um, for it. We'll jam, make us wait in line, get up early. <laughs> Shit. Shit, Fred. Um, God damn it, Fred. What was I going to say? Uh, sorry, we're talking saying. about the system and how the SAQ works and why yeah, they're not like, bringing in this so, shit. You know, I went into the store where where uh, I got this delivered to. I was like, I'll see what they have on the shelf. And it's just like, it's like nothing. They have like two rows or, and you know, most of the time it's just stuff that I have no interest in buying. Sometimes there's interesting stuff. Like if you're in a Trappist monk um, beers, then they tend to have some West good selection. West Mall and stuff. Yeah. Over, you can get Orville, uh, Orville yeah. there. You can get a couple of, but like. I don't. I don't get why they don't concentrate more on on the stuff that people actually want. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting? I noticed the um, there's different type of SAQ stores. So people who don't know, I guess I probably should explain that. So I guess we've probably got mostly Ontario and Quebec people here. But yeah, SAQ is the government-run store. That's the only place you can buy liquor in, uh, like from a store. You can buy wine elsewhere, uh, depeneurs and specialty beer stores and crap like that in supermarkets, but it's only shit wine. So all the good stuff comes through SAQ and they can sell beer, but they rarely do. If they do, like you said, it's like two little, I'm not like long shelves, like little shelves in the corner where no one cares. Um, there's SAQ classic stores. So there's one actually close by here and um, that one has crazy stuff on the shelf. It's still like maybe four shelves rather than two. 
but like this, the selection at that one store is leagues above a regular SAQ. And I always check just in case, just in case. Cause I found one time um, they had on the, on the same sale. It was the, uh, the La Vemontoise. Yeah. And I didn't like that at all. To be honest, it was a farmhouse with Hill Farmstead and someone else from Belgium did a collab. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't really like it to be honest. It was just too, and I like farmhouse, but it just, not, it wasn't like some of the Hill Farmstead's farmhouse is my favorite in the world. Obviously they're incredible. Um, this was not on that level, but it was cool. I just scored it. I just bumped into it. I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck? Like, this is here. This is amazing. So it's always worth checking if you're ever in there, but I find it's few and far between and you have to go to those classic or classic stores that have like the import wine section too. They get all the you know specialty wine rather than like the cheaper stuff. And, right. and probably I'm sure they get better liquor as well. Just like the higher end stuff and for, for nerds like us, you know? Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I don't know why. I wonder if it's, I'd like to ask Fred. Probably be good. We should interview Fred. I was thinking that too. Oh, hit him up. I spoke to him because he's in Quebec City. We went to Quebec City. I was supposed to link with him, but it didn't really, didn't work out. He was busy, kids and all that stuff. I didn't realize he was in Quebec City. Yeah. He hit me up. I got in touch with him because I uh, posted, he he started bringing in this brewery called La Sirene from Melbourne, actually. Yeah, I remember seeing that. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, the bottle ad was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, He said they had some other stuff. Um, But uh, I connected him with another brewery back home that uh, I think you saw the podcast with them because they did a couple with some Aussie guys. And hopefully they bring them out. I think they're going to try and bring some of the dark beers or sours and stuff that can last the trip and the SAQ three-month bullshit. Right. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see why because maybe we could find about a bit more from the importer's perspective. Like, you know, how do you source the stuff? Why, you know, how, do you, how are you able to constantly move it? Like maybe they buy them in bits and pieces or do they have to sell to individual stores? And why do they do these big sales? As he hit them up, be like, guys, let's do like, I'd like to know how that comes together because it's... Yeah, and I imagine um, the SAQ would probably argue that they they don't concentrate on beer to allow for the local scene to maybe thrive more or something like that. But I I just don't buy it. Like, I don't think they have the ability to really hurt the scene here unless they, like, go nuts and start importing everything from everywhere and you know, there's other half now at the SAQ or something. But it'd be dead like, on half, but... like if they started like you know concentrating more on it and bringing in more mm-hmm. and having a proper selection and I, I don't I just don't see why they wouldn't if they're doing it with wine. Like it just bugs my mind you walk into this store and it's just like shelves and shelves and shelves of every everything and then you go to this tiny little beer section it's it like doesn't you yeah you don't give a shit whereas in the lcbo yes they have a, a, a big local huge like, uh, selection. selection and i get why the sack doesn't hmm. do that they allow the depths and the breweries to handle that and that's fine but the lcbo also still has a, a, a quite a big international um, section or international, yeah. I don't think do they do this stuff very often? Do they like bring in lambics and shit and do sales? Not very often. No. Um, I wonder. I had okay. One thing that struck us: we were obviously coming from Ontario before we moved here. We were very used to getting Niagara wine wherever we went. There was always a huge VQA or Ontario section, so we would always go to the LCBO. So when we came to Quebec, like fuck yeah, man, we're going to get all the Quebec wine. And most SAQs didn't even stop them. 
Yeah. And we still to this day don't really understand what's going on with the lack of support. I do think the wine region, the wine scene out here is significantly less developed and uh, in quality wise as well than Ontario. But I don't I know why. good ice wine, if I'm not mistaken. I have seen but, ice uh, wine and good spirits. The spirits here are, f- are insane. Like some of the yeah. like some of the best gins I've ever had in my life from here. Quebec is yeah, there is a really good selection good. of gins. Gins is like the gins are the craft gins are the new thing. I think yeah, man, it's amazing. Tiff gets a lot because of um, Liquid Happiness. Go follow her at Liquid X Happiness if anyone's not on Instagram. But she yeah, Tiff gets a pretty good selection of. Uh, did you, you guys know, try the Chandelier gin? They did gin. No. Second, the second batch is coming out soon. All right. Well, maybe I should hit Alex up, see if he could uh, send on a little bottle to the young lady, you know? No, I'd love to try it. Was it good? Yeah, it was different, though. Um, what do you do? Well, he used a bunch of botanicals on his property. Um, Ooh, that's not. I think including some juniper, but it really didn't have your typical gym profile. It almost tasted more like tequila. Which is kind of crazy. Interesting. So it had that. I find tequila has this particular taste and aroma that I can't really describe. Mm. Um, it, it had it had that, and I think it, he had added fresh hay from the property, and he thinks that that might have been what gave it that tequila vibe. Mm. I liked it. But I think people who are used to that, like, really juniper berry forward thing, it's not the same at all. But I, I enjoyed it. But I, I don't have a huge palate for spirits. No. Um, I, I dig them sometimes, but I don't, I can't really tell what's great. It's good. I feel like, yeah, we've been, because of the tourism trips, we've ended up going to different distilleries and trying this stuff and they'll make us some drinks or take you on a tour and you're like, all right. Like I find it sort of like the same shit as, you know, when you know good beer from bad beer type of thing. Yeah. You know? Like the Mac, I don't, I don't know if they even call it macro, but the mainstream say gins, for example, like I feel like if you put a Bombay, like an average stuff, like in Bombay is probably even above average. Like I know London's or beef eater and shit. You put that against some of the local small batch stuff. It's, Night and day. Like I'm actually looking at one now. There's one called that's outside Quebec. It's called Bar Hill, B A R R Hill in um, Montpellier, Vermont. We went there the weekend before COVID. The weekend before they locked everything down. Um, and they get this huge, beautiful uh, building, distillery room, and like a, a, um, a cocktail bar that had fucking heady topper. They had um, what else did they have there? They're just wild shit. It was so crazy. I guess it's for the people who don't want to drink gin. They made these sick cocktails and they have honey. Their logo, logo is like uh, a bee. So they had all these like honey cocktails and stuff. Mm. They have, they make it, the gin is honey gin. It is out of control. And they stock it at the uh, SAQ, actually. Oh, wow. It's like 30 or 40 bucks. It's probably like 40 bucks US. And here it's maybe 75 Canadian with all the taxes. Worth wow. every penny. But it's like, I don't, would you, can you hear me? Is any gin better than Bar Hill or is that the best you've ever had? I know it's a big question. I know it's just like, because <laughs> she gets a lot. Of, there's a lot of fire. I'm looking there. I mean, four pillars from Melbourne's. Four good, pillars from Melbourne's is delicious. They do Shiraz. You know, it's funny in terms of like not because what people don't really realize is Hendrix is small batch. Hendrix is small batch. Yeah, so Hendrix is really fire. Small right? batch because they're so distributed, so well distributed, but they're actually interesting. Considered small batch. Hmm. Um, the local, you know, Romeo's. Yeah, one called um, Romeo's. Really good. Bed. Jardin Verde. I'm not uh, sure. Can you hear it? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'll make sure you can hear you. Cool. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll repeat what you're saying. If you um, and then oh, the, the yeah, uh, la, la fucking. Um, we went to this one in Granby, literally down the street from Vruden, and okay. we didn't realize. And they, I was there a couple of years ago on the way Panoramics. back. Panoramics. Panoramics. But I don't know. That's, I don't. I think that's the name of the product, not the not the thing. It's called like distillery. Oh yeah, it was from uh, the area he's from. No, what's the, what's the, they they make? Uh, what's the weird shit that makes you see Absinthe elephants? Absinthe, Absinthe de, de Canton. Yeah, yeah, it's in Canton de l'Est, right? So we went. This dude could barely speak English. Young guy, like younger than us, like late twenties, long haired, looks like a little like does not look like, does not look like the type of dude who would make insane um, spirits. Blue Pearl, Pearl Distillery. Um, Madison's Gin. Blue Quebec Pearl, is amazing. Madison. Yeah, Quebec, Quebec is, has so much great gin. Yeah. Quebec, Quebec is probably the best market in the country. Quebec has my second favorite gin next to Vermont now. What's the second favorite? Oh, Quebec is the second favorite gin. Yeah, next and then Vermont is just... Well, I don't know any other Vermont ones aside from Bar Hill. Bar Hill. Bar Hill is just that good. It's just um, like... Oh, wow. Smuggler's Notch. Maybe. Oh, Smuggler's yeah, Notch. Yeah, you have a bottle of the Bar Hill one? Yeah, I've got a couple bottles there. Um, it's incredible. It's we bought We brought one back from there, and then we looked it up while we were there. We were like, oh, should we get it? Because we're like, oh, if we have it in Quebec, let's not risk it in case we have to pay taxes on it. Because when you pay taxes, apparently on spirits, it's like a hundred percent. So if you pay forty bucks US for it, you probably have to pay another forty dollars in taxes for it. So we're like, fuck that. But we did it, and we were fine. And then when that ran out, we got one here, and it was worth that seventy-five bucks or whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, the one from that absinthe, the Reed de Canton, whatever. It's the first one I'd seen with the butterfly pea powder. Where if you mix it with okay. citrus or tonic, it goes pink. So it's blue. The gin is actually blue, and then it changes to pink when you pour in the thing. It's very cool gimmick. But the gin oh, is exceptional. Exactly. Yeah, man. So we should do a gin. No, we should do a spirits and other shit podcast. I don't know, but it's fucking. It's wild, bro. Like it's a real What's it real. Bar Hill. B- I do my W seven yeah. spirits. I'll have to start that podcast. Yes, we should. Right. B a double R Hill. Check it out right now. It's beautiful. Really cool thing they do. Did we get it? I think they have they have three different types of gins because yeah. you could buy all a sample. All are infused with honey. I don't know all of them are because I hear it in delay. Oh yeah, yeah, they're all infused with honey. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh. the, we just got the main. The main ones all you need. And they have like a copper one that's got aged in like whiskey barrels yeah. or some shit. Yeah, Tomcat gin. That's the one. Bar Hill Tomcat. That one's ninety three dollars. They have it. Okay, probably worth um, it. Dylan's but is also the, great. And Dylan, sorry, Dylan's in Ontario, in Niagara. Um, but the uh, the standard one's eighty bucks. Eighty bucks. But okay. You can you can order it online right now. It's worth it. They're all worth it. I, I can't express how much it's worth it, dude. Like if you ever, it's the type of thing. It's like you wouldn't dare mix it unless you made a fire cocktail or something with some honey. Right. And Tiffas has it on ice. And I'm Tiffas like a G with spirits, and she's just knocking that. I'm I don't like tasting um, booze in whether it's in beer, yeah, wine, or um, or spirits. Obviously, if you're drinking spirits, that's what you're tasting. But I like it when it's in a cocktail and stuff. But that's one thing I can... If I didn't have so much beer to drink all the time, I would absolutely partake in that a lot more often. I would, too. Um, also, wine. Yeah. But the wine's an expensive hobby that I don't See, the think thing, I can get. That's it. Because beer is bad enough for us. But yeah. with wine, and we take... You know what? I mean, this is an expensive small bottle. The average size of this, you would spend four bucks, four to six bucks at most. And that's the yeah. risk, if you like... If you're going to buy something, you're like, yeah, we'll give it a crack. It's not that much. But in wine, you're minimum kind of 20 bucks for small batch local stuff type of shit. Well, it's the thing. Like what we've spent on this bottle of beer to most people is, is insane it's absurd, um, yeah. <laughs> for a beer. Yeah. But 
if it was a three hundred seventy-five dollar um, milliliter bottle of wine and it was eleven dollars, be like, well, it's yeah, not it's even totally priceless. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole other game, and it's like such a, a roll of the dice every time you're getting something that you don't know. Which is the beauty of say being in the place like Niagara, you know, whether it's Beansville or uh, Niagara on the Lake, where you know you can get pop into the wineries, do a little sample, and if you typically if you buy something, the sample's free. Sometimes they're just mad cool, like, ah, don't worry about it. We did that in Napa. We went to Napa. Okay, this is a whole other thing. Are you, are, are you into, have you been to many wineries and the wine regions and stuff? No. No? Not so, many. I've been to a couple in the townships, but this was like a decade ago. A while ago. Okay. So, the only reason I'm comparing, it was just really funny. So, we, you know, I've been in Australia to a bunch, you know, Yarra, Yarra in Melbourne and in Hunter Valley in Sydney. Um, fucking... I went to Okanagan in Vancouver or whatever, BC up in there. We do obviously Niagara. We went to a couple in Vermont and stuff, and we did some Palisades in Colorado. So we've been to a bunch of areas, and they're all pretty much the same. You pay 5 to 10 bucks, maybe 15 if it's a bowling one, for a, a tasting flat. And there's maybe four wines. They give you uh, more than that. They give you like an ounce, something right. like that, just to sip and be like, oh, okay, cool. And then you know, if you buy a bottle, then they don't charge you. When we went to Niagara, uh, Napa Valley, so the Sonoma and Napa Valley, they're right next to each other. And Napa's the baller one. And the fucking, we went to this one place our friend told us to go to. And it was, I think they're like $75 US for a tasting. We were like, oh my fucking God. We're like, all right, well, we're just going to split them. We're not going to do one of these. That's ridiculous. Because you end up probably spending 500 bucks plus a day just going to like four wineries to taste right. them, not even leaving with a bottle. And we finished, I don't know, the, Whenever we go places, people typically recognize us because we're, like I say, our faces are everywhere. So if it's right. a winery, they often know Tiff as well and stuff like that. So maybe some people hook them up or they're like, yeah, I don't know, you guys are cool. We still buy the wine or whatever, but like this dude was just like, yeah, nah, you're good. And we was like, are you sure? Like, I said, the fuck out of here quick. Like, because it was like, it saved us a significant, and he gave me one as well. So we had two wow. $75 US flights. It's down near $100 for like four one ounce pours. It's just really wild. So that must have been some spectacular wine. It was exceptional. There were cab sads out there. It's a big, uh, big yeah. region. But yeah, the wine the, world the, is... My, my father-in-law is uh, a big wine guy. And so I kind of got him into beer and he got me into wine a little bit. But I never nice. ended up going forward with the wine thing. But his his thing is big, bold Australian wines. Like that's pretty much all he drinks. So he has like... Well, he doesn't have yeah. it anymore because it broke. But he had this like giant... Um, wine fridge and it was just filled with almost all exclusively Australian like cabs and shrazes and all that so that's sick and nothing probably under like 30 40 bucks so like he he enjoyed his wine um so we used to drink a lot but now since I got him the beer whenever I'm there it's only uh it's It's only IPAs hey man sometimes you he's, he's got great tastes but he has very specific tastes so okay. for wine he doesn't drink white has to be bold reds for beer it's pretty much exclusively ipas okay but he loves uh he loves sankey and baron right which is great yeah that's the, you want to crack open this yeah uh, could you have the misorum it's the white black and white one on the bottom thank you um i have a couple next to me just for uh, you're, you're here <laughs> you don't fuck around tell me about this next one have you had this yet Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I even I'm gonna pump a glassware for every. Uh... Uh, ooh, ooh, nice. Actually, disappeared. 
in the background. There you go. Oh, okay. we got it. We got it. Yeah, put it in front of your face and it stays. Sexy. I like the little tumbler. Thank you, baby. Yeah. So honestly, I love this glass. In that's terms really of cool. The- like the size of it and everything. I actually quite like that. So this one is called Suun Ultra Form. So under another form, I guess. Under yeah. another body or something. It's a 6.5% double dry hopped IPA. Uh, I can't remember what it has in the. can check untapped, actually. I think it's got Galaxy. Most of them do. Yeah. Most of them do. Let's just say it's Galaxy. Misorum Su. There you go. In which form it is. Galaxy <laughs> Amarillo and Centennial. Good, good uh, memory. So, this is one of the new releases, I think, from last week or the week before, maybe? I think it was last week. Shouts to uh, Paul Andre for getting this for me. This is fantastic. Smells fantastic. Yeah, it's popping that open. It's like a nice uh, switch. So, we were thinking of before about should we do like a crispy boy to start or something? And then you were like, yo, let's do that uh, goose. Yeah. Which is a nice way because it's light and maybe you'll fuck up our palate if we have it later. And this looks great. Woof, smells super bright. I think of all the new releases that I got, this was my favorite by far. Yeah. Except for the Hellas. The Hellas Lager was insane. Really? Was that good? So they really nailed it. Oh, they nailed it. Like, bro, I'm loving their like, They're crispy boys. are, are brilliant. I've had two or three at the brewery and that was my first canned one I think I had. Um, I was really excited actually. <laughs> When I got that, I much preferred to have that than uh, than the other IPAs. At the end of the day, like yeah, I went. I think I bought four 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 packs and one of the long skirt. To want to get all their IPAs, I'm like, oh, I just get these IPAs, and then the crispy boy was not even a question. And it's significantly cheaper. It's like less than twenty bucks for a four. Oh, pack. that's good at least. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if they were going to be charging the same. Yeah, this shit is like expensive, man. I think some yeah. of the stuff I got, like the one that we were talking, considering the uh, Conspiracion or whatever it's called is like 8.5%. It's like $30, $32, something like that. Um, wow. Which is a lot of money for... Uh, you know, I mean, look, it's worth it. I'm sure the amount of hops and stuff they put in there are just insane. Um, man, get in ya. Cheers. Yeah, super bright. Kind of smells like Galaxy. I think this has almost got better. It's got Probably. that signature. Um, it's like a mouthfeel that Masoram have, and it's got the hot burn immediately. I love their hot burn. I've had other people who aren't super fans of this. They're saying that the hot burn technically is a flaw uh, in these types of beers, but it seems to have become a, something that they continue to do, which I know. I like it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of different schools of thought on it. And I don't know enough about brewing to say if something is a flaw or not or should be there or shouldn't be there. Yeah. But I also think that everything in time gets thrown out the window when new styles are born. I mean, like, IPAs in general are, are by definition uh, imbalanced beer, right? So, like, That's true. That's true. Once it, it can just, just keep going in any direction. I mean, I... I for me, when I look at things, I just like, is it pleasing on the palate? And sometimes it isn't. Sometimes yeah. I think what's happening is a lot of breweries are just putting, are going so aggressive with it that it just tastes like hot burn or that like pellety insanity. Yeah. Um, whereas in, I think 
where it works is one criti- it's funny because one criticism about these styles is that they're too sweet um, which is interesting because I don't find on the most part I don't find them that sweet and I think part of that is because of the burn and then that's kind of the new bitter you know what I mean to a certain mm-hmm. degree like that's why I think Basorum's doubles are often really really good because they have that kind of slightly augmented burn thing but then when you have a maltier double IPA it like cuts through it and so yeah. you just end up with this crazy bright, somewhat burny, bitter thing, but then it counters with the, the, the maltiness so that it's like sweet, hot burn, and you find that middle ground. But point. then I also think that they've they've just done a really good job at, at, at kind of finding themselves, and this is the perfect example of it because it's got that that burn, but it's not off-putting, it's not too intense, it's it's balanced in terms of you know where we're at in IPA world land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. But history, and IPA history. IPA history. You're right, that's a really good point. I love, I, I really like the hot burn, I think maybe that's why, because I don't really like it when it's too sweet either. And I don't like it when you got like an 8% plot or whatever and you can start to taste the booze in the background. It's just like unpleasant and like it's not, I don't want to feel like I'm drinking an 8%. I'd rather it be dangerously drinkable type of shit. And the hopper definitely contributes to it. And they're really good with the hopping rates, like the way they do. They just cram these things full. I love the the milky haze that they consistently have. It's super dope. And I usually find that the milk, it's weird, but I don't know if there's any sort of chemical explanation, but the... The milkier the IPA, the more I like it typically because it has this sort of mouthfeel that I prefer, that real sort of smoother, um, chalkier type of mouthfeel that typically comes with this. Um, Someone's saying here, Riser P is saying same. Maybe he's saying uh, he enjoys the – because it's a little bit delayed with the the comments and maybe he's saying he agrees with the last thing. But yeah. um, Right. Yeah, I really like the way they've done it. And at first I found this specific beer has a profile maybe that's very similar to their early IPAs. I don't know if you remember, remember the first month, two months, and it was this, everything was green as fuck. Everything were, had this hot burn and everything had the, whatever. There's something in this that I can't really describe that reminds me of their earlier stuff. Does that mm. you, you tried all the earlier shit too, right? I tried all the early stuff, then a couple here and there, and then like almost nothing for six months. And then yeah, recently I've had like six or seven different ones. Um, so I, it, it was either they were like this or they were kind of something else and hard, hard to describe. I know you were saying too that a couple that you, you weren't in love with. Yeah. Um, but the second I do have one that I'm like, oh, they didn't really knock this one out of the park. And then I try and immediately be like, okay, so these guys make like three new beers a week. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a insane. Lot. Yeah. So like you can't, you can't nail them all. No. Um, especially if you us. try, if you try something different, right? Cause like, I feel like they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place a lot of the time, I'm sure, because they get, I mean, no matter what, with success, you're going to get a lot of criticism. Of course. But um, they get crit- – I've heard people say – I've said this probably – that like all their beers kind of taste the same. But then if they try and go in a different direction, then there's going to be like not like criticism that it's not as good or whatever. So it's 
it's like they can't win, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But I I do always enjoy what I drink from them usually. Yeah. Yeah. Same. But I, I get it too. Like <clears> if, <throat> if I was investing a crap ton of money every week and I ended up with this like thirty dollar four pack and it's like meh. I could be a little disappointed. As a as a consumer, yeah. Uh, Riser is just saying, never seen a UK beer with that tone. What percentage is it? So this one here is 6.5%. Um, if you look into breweries like Cloudwater, they are the OGs, I believe, of UK haze. Um, Verdant do some really good haze over there. Uh, I imagine uh, Northern Monk, I think, do some really good stuff. Um, there's probably a bunch of others, but I haven't really got too deep in uh, into the UK stuff, man. But take a look, specifically Cloudwater. They're out of Manchester. Insane stuff. Um, and you're right. So basically, I got the four um, the four lots of the lager. This one and two other IPAs. And the other two IPAs, I wasn't super fond of. That's the first time, to be honest, I've ever felt that way about Masorum stuff. If I'm going to be you know, transparent, um, one of them was the uh, it's called One Hundred. It's the new single hop double IPA. Uh, they've done it up. Yeah. Four Which one was it that you had? Enigma. So I had the very first one. I think it was Galaxy and it was fucking fire. And then I was really excited when I saw this. This was one of the first ones that I went for because I was like, hell yeah, I want, um, uh, I want this one because the other one was so good. And everybody on Untapped was saying this, that was the worst one of the series. And it, honestly, really, it wasn't great. And, I, and maybe there was something. But that, I had the one right before it. What was that? I had the Motuka uh, one. Motuka? Same How was year. that? Killer? I loved it. Yeah. So what I, I loved it, but then other people had told me that it was weaker than some of the other ones. So I was like, oh, okay. So then there's two schools of thought, right? Like I didn't let – I don't read the untapped stuff immediately. Oh, this person says Indian Palo. Yes, it's an IPA. IPA, so yes, indeed. Um, I didn't read the uh, untapped reviews before I drank it because I don't do that. I know like Chris and Nate both hate it for that reason. I don't, I don't fuck with that. I just log it for my own so I, I don't uh, – uh, forget what I mean, you know, it lets me keep track of it aside from my own thing, uh, my own reviews. But the, um, yeah, they said about, I was drinking the Enigma, but this is, this is not fantastic. And the other one was called that Conspiration Fabulation or something. It's got like a slash in it. So I drank one. I w- it was okay. So the, the worst one was the one, Hunter. And then the, that one I was like, that's oh, okay. And I told Nate, because I actually bought the four packs because I was trading with Nate and my brother. I never want four of anything. So, I was like, perfect. I get two of all that and get them and I get them some fire. So um, Nate loved it. Nate said it was phenomenal. Like, all right, cool. So everyone has their um, tastes, their profile that they like the most and stuff like that. So, and I, and also someone said, I think it might've even been Chris when I was saying it to the group, like, yo, have you guys tried any stuff that I didn't think was great? They were like, well, look, think about it. You're doing this stuff every week. What are you going to do? Are you going to dump it? Or you're gonna be able to just sometimes you have to put out a, a beer that you're not in love with to keep you know just to keep the lights going and to keep shit running. Otherwise, what you know you're dumping a lot of money. I mean, some of those runs might cost them twenty, thirty grand. Yeah, possibly. I know that I've had quotes before. And they're doing some, so fast that they might not even know. Yeah, they they might not even know because it all kind of blends in. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna it, like was it horrible? No. Was it not great? Yeah in my opinion, but other people seem to share it. But the other thing is 
I come into this ready to love it. I'm not a I'm not a pretentious fuckhead ready to be like, man, yeah. Like I don't I don't I know you know we know the guys. I know the people behind it, so I want them to win because they're doing everything that I ever wanted to happen in Quebec. They they started it aside from Bar Canada, but they started in Montreal. And now between them and Brewski, you got Sir John up in the shoot, and like all these different you know, Gallicus, I guess, not too far up there, and then Saint Kian Barrel. Yeah. I feel like there's all these in like, Boreal and all these breweries doing this killer shit. I'm like, Quebec's the oh, we should definitely get into that. I think Quebec's the best in Canada now. You know how I feel about Quebec. I love it. Fast. Real fast. Like that. But I think it had been growing in the background there. Boom. That's what yeah. it was. But yeah, I think there's just people ready to hate and they're they're the fucking hype boys, haze boys, trade dickheads who go and we make fun of the dudes who go and post they went and exceed their limits when you you know, they'll go and get a case of everything and they're the reasons we can't get a four pack type of shit. Those yeah. motherfuckers, I hate those guys. Um, this dude rises saying, do you guys like punk IPA by Brewdog? It's okay. It's a bit old school. It's a nice little gateway IPA. Does, does the trick. Wouldn't, wouldn't grab it if I saw it though. You know, old school shit. Um, yeah, I remember trying it back in the day. It was, um, it was a good one. Um, it's a good gateway beer. It was kind of a, uh, I'm not know if it's a revolutionary beer, but I remember at the time it was kind of pushing the not the limit but like doing something a bit different it was yeah. a bit brighter it was a bit juicier than what was what existed at the time less caramelly from what i remember yeah it's probably on the uh, hoppier side piney resiny yeah i haven't um, had it for a while though yeah i think by the time it mm. became available in like the lcbo and stuff like that yeah, there had been plenty it. of other stuff yeah. that was similar and probably surpassed it if that's a thing um, but yeah, I remember uh, enjoying that beer a lot. It's a good because it got so big. They're a good gateway brewery. Hey, kitty, who just disappeared into the background? That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, there's this a kitty gonna, popped up. That's actually going to happen a lot. This is what she does. Hey, I respect it. Let it, let it. As long as you're comfortable, you can still drink. You okay? You okay there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can see her a bit more. <laughs> oh, what's that kitty's name? This is Rooney. Rooney, after the soccer player. Um, no, she had, uh, a weird, cause she, we adopted her. She had a weird French name that sounds borderline, um, offensive. Okay. <laughs> it is, it wasn't intended, but any, I won't say it, but, um, it rhymed with, uh, we were like, okay, well, we don't want to give her a completely new name. So let's find a name that rhymes with it. And, uh, I don't remember if it was me or Jenny. Like oh Rooney we we like that name like Rooney Mara I, I the actress I I like the name I I figured we'd call her Rue which I like but ultimately uh, we just call her Rooney okay I or enjoyed Jenny call Jenny started calling her Rooney Tunes like <laughs> after good. Rooney Tunes yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuck I like that that's good I enjoyed you guys you sent a photo you're just joking but you had two leashes around the two cats in the backyard it just looks so funny like walking the cat. <laughs> I know you were telling me that's not a real thing, but like I found that very entertaining. Yeah, well, it's just good to give them some outdoor time if, if they if if they're not outdoor cats. Mm. No, I totally get it. Um, what were we talking about before the brew dog shit? There was something that we were moving into uh, the we hype stuff. The haze. Oh, the haze and everything. Okay, yeah. yeah. Quebec. So you know, I'm I've been pretty vocal about my criticisms of Quebec as far as like they did all the, all the stuff that you always like that I make fun of you for for no real reason just to do it. But 
the farmhouse, you know, all the really great big barrel-aged stouts and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then now all the things that were missing, Quebec has filled the gaps, ticked the boxes, but in a way nowhere else has. Like nowhere does, I don't know, Chris hates them, but the smoothie sours and shit like that. No one's doing them like Brewski. And I would argue that Brewski is uh, slightly uh, topping Masorum's smoothie IPAs as well, or smoothie sours and shit. Um, the haze is just out of control here. Everything from from the, from Gatineau down to Montreal, even like Labordage and Sutton, um, right. you know, Boreal, and even going out to Quebec City now. Noctem's fucking killing it. Barbary Emporium. Um, it, it, it's just so impressive. Um, lagers, crispy boys everywhere. Everyone's killing it. Masorum, like we were saying, all the same same people, uh, just killing everything. It's just such a pleasure. To, to have everything at our uh, um, Brasserie General, which is in your background, which is our next beer. They were just amazing. The haze is yeah. crazy. Like, all their shit is fire. Like, it's, well, they like, really uh, they reinvented themselves, but we can talk about that after. When we yeah, when we, when we get to their stuff. But yeah, man, I'm just, I, I was very critical of the things and what they did with They did every single thing I had complained about. They did it and like better than anywhere. And I still thought Ontario is still doing some amazing shit. You've got you know, Steve out there, Milton, Third Moon, the newest big hype guys out there that are just insane. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff happening in Ontario, but I still think, I don't think, I, feel, I still get a reasonable amount of Ontario beer, but I still think Quebec is, is has it finally topped from, um, uh, BC and Ontario now. Yeah, I, I, so. I mean, I, I don't drink enough from out west. I've Look, had it's still a lot sick. from Ontario. Yep. But um, everything's still well, I think sick. What we have like, now is we have the full spectrum. We have the full spectrum, and I and I would argue though a little more. Yeah, like the shit that I had from Brewskis. I've had a bunch of their brew juices now, maybe half a dozen of them. I got I still got a couple more in the fridge. They are just they're as good as the vape. The stuff I had in, in Virginia, like the um, the haze from Brewski, the haze from Masorum. Um, but it's just as good as the states. So to be fair, my friend uh, Tio from Crowns and Hops, shouts to you, he sent me uh, a couple weeks ago. He sent me his Black is Beautiful. He sent me their they their beer. The black it's called BPLB. Black people love beer. It's their uh, their haze. And um, uh, he threw in two cans of Monkish. And I hadn't had Monkish since I, I went to the brewery. And oh my fucking god! I'm like okay. All right, so I think we still have a, li- a little way to go because it was like out of this world exceptional. Like I, I can't express how good that shit was, but we're like Close. chasing its tail in in a way. And I, that was the first. I mean, obviously, I usually go to Vermont pretty regularly, and if it wasn't for COVID, I'm sure I would have been in New York because we usually go to the music festival in August. Um, you know, I usually get around a bit, and um. It was it was up there with 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 all of that stuff. Even you know foam out there and Vermont and um, Burlington Beer Company stuff. So man, I'm, I'm just really impressed, and I'm happy to be able to eat my words because I wasn't shitting on it. I was I'm always like, man, like what the fuck? Where is it? Because no one was really even doing it to shit on to say it wasn't good. It's just no one was doing it. So Masorum was like a um, like last summer. That's why it's good now. I think you're right because last summer it feels like it was like that, but Brewski installed there. They started brewing, I think it was August or even September last year. 
and Masorum opened in July last year. Yeah. So it's been a year and a bit for to, to see those two grow. And then around that, you've seen Sir John just kind of come out of the blue with crazy shit. Um, I guess even Gallica started doing a haze, Sir- move out France. Yeah. So, like, and, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. So, um, I, I wish I I've had I could have more brewski because the IPAs that I had from them seemed to really hit my palate well. Like, I really enjoyed everything I tried from them. Like, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, okay. Whereas in Sir John, I've had some that I quite like, but some that are just that hot burn. Like, it's it's just through the roof. Like, yeah. it's too much. Um, I've had that too. And then, but the stats are amazing um, too. Gall- Gallicus is like that too. Mm. Like Gallicus, you almost have to leave in the fridge for three weeks before you can drink it. Like it's just so intense, but also good, enjoyable. Um, so it's like they're all kind of getting there in their own way. Yeah, but I guess and I I can't disagree with any of that stuff because you're 100 percent right. It's more. I'm just happy that there is great. There's a multitude of not just great, like excellent. Uh, local examples of all of the styles that as of 12 to 18 months ago just barely existed here, if at all. You couldn't get a smoothie sour that was the level that had like, the one I had, they had the 100% raspberry one from Brewski, the brew juice, and it, they, it's 40% raspberries, like 400 grams per liter of raspberries. That's why these things are insane. It's like you have to keep it cold or it's going to go off. Like yeah. I and I had that from the Vale. I had a um, a Goza, blackberry Goza, and it was like it's called Nevermore, and there was Nevermore uh, squared and cubed, and I got the cubed one, and it was just like damn near goop, like it was crazy, and that was the most intense thing I've ever had, and because it was a Goza, it was a little strange, but I felt like Brewskis were damn near better, to be honest, man. Like, it's it's fucking wild. I'm just so impressed, and it makes me really happy. And also, fuck you to the people who rubbed them. Do you see they got rubbed? Yeah. Horrible. Um, right in the middle, just after the shutdown. Like, this is a local business that's been around for a while. Like, uh, hopefully, what they got wasn't anything of value. I'm, I'm nothing that they aren't insured for or whatever, but that makes yeah. me sick. Because I mean, we know Guillaume and Derek, and they're good fucking dudes, man. They work really hard and they really believe in what they're doing, and they got a great team, and it makes me sick. So, hopefully, they're going to be doing okay. I should put them on. We should, we should get them on. You know them, right? No, I don't. I mean, I've had interactions with uh, them like over Instagram, but I, I don't know them very well. Ooh, ooh. Good but dudes, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I think they'd be. I might hit them up once they. I don't know. Maybe they're probably just too hectic right now dealing with all that shit. But um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm just really proud of Quebec, and even just things like um, uh, I haven't even had them many of them to be honest. But Ildegard, everyone always talks about Ildegard's lagers, and they weren't even brewing yeah. when I when I first started going there. They were just a beer bar. And then um, Silo, JP, we're having him on soon. Um, apparently, his, I haven't tried him, but he opened up in Hunsik. Um, his crispy boys are apparently like out of control because he was one of the brewers who went to the Czech Republic and just, I'm sure, picked up right. a bunch of knowledge and tried a bunch of stuff. And apparently, shit's authentic as fuck and just fantastic. So, yeah, they reached out to me, so um, I think they're going to send me some stuff. I'm excited to try from, it. Yes, they also own Bira, so they, I think they just started canning beers, uh, beers and they're brewing them. Because he used to own, for people who don't know, he used to own um, La Sucre Sal in Rosemont. Right. 
So and he and then him and his girlfriend started Bira, and he was brewing Bira's beers either at La Circusel or at I think it was Brasserie or something like that, like wherever they contracted their larger stuff from. And then um, uh, then he sold his share or stake, whatever you want to call it, in La Circusel, focused on Bira, and I think that's when he went on his trip and then planned to start his own new place. Because he was at uh, La Circusel, that was one of the first times he made a New England, and it looked not too dissimilar to Tiffany's Chardonnay right here. Like, um, it, Are you it, drinking Tiffany's Chardonnay? No, but I should. It's rosy. <laughs> Ooh, that smells buttery, huh? Oof, have you had rosewood before? I don't think so. Man, they're the best wines in Canada. It's the, they're the craft beer of wine. I've told you about it before, right? You know, they're insane. Their shit is wild. Like they do the most interesting combinations. They do things that aren't traditional. Um, they just kill which them. is kind of unheard of in the wine scene. Oh yeah, like beer. Yeah. It's kind of like do whatever you want. Wine, not so much. Particularly because you need the VQA. Um, uh, certification to be able to sort of get that immediate thing of recognition to be like this, you know, make shot. Cause like he was saying, we know like the owner will and his, the winemaker, Ryan, Ryan, when I first met Ryan, every time I've seen him, he wearing a stone city hat from uh, the brewery in Kingston. So the winemaker's wearing a beer hat and he is the guy at all that I was being, we hang out with him at, at Merritt and um, after the, what's the one called liquid art, the collective arts festival and shit. So he's like, ah, oh, the Chardonnay, like, Part of it's in stainless, but part of it's in barrels, and another one's in a different type of barrel or something. You're not allowed to do that. It has to just be stainless. And then all of a sudden, they lose their VQA certification. But it's this most fascinating mm. blend of wines. And he does it. You get the, it's called a, the thief. It's that big thing where you like, you suck it up and you, he makes, uh, he gets a glass. He's just, you know, 33. You're just making the blend on the spot and then swirling it and then pouring it into our glasses, like, to like test, to show us what they taste like. And it's, um, it's just really cool because it's like you said, like it's not heard of and it's just an, an approach that isn't common at all. It's very cool. Um, Sorry for the cat. No, I love the cat. That's funny. Cat's got a cameo. I love she, Rooney. Yeah, uh, I don't have a door on this room. That's all right. Rooney is loving it, mate. Look at him. Oh, you get that cat asshole in here. Yeah. Oh, she's the worst <laughs> for that. Just flashing the body. kind of a stinky cat, too. So, Ooh, it's just... so the body's just smelling. <laughs> cat body. Um, what were we talking about before we were talking about cat asshole? Uh, we were talking about wine and part of that. Wine. No, I something... think we're just talking about the scene in general. And I mean, like. Oh, yeah, JP. Anyway, yeah. That, so that, one one thing cool. I wanted to touch on was uh, I think we might have, not to rehash stuff that I've brought on your podcast before. No, let's do it because maybe but, there's new listeners, um, too. <sighs> I think we're at an interesting point because we have these new breweries that have come in and done the things that you wanted to be done here, right? Correct. But I think what's ultimately happening is their their popularity. I don't know if this is actually factual or if it's just perception or people are just paranoid or whatever. But it almost seems like they're taking away – not taking away, but they're – they're so popular that all the other breweries feel like they have to go down that route too mm. to make ends meet or to to be relevant or whatever. Um, so I think that's that's kind of challenging. Um, mm. Like I couldn't care less if Dunham makes a hazy IPA. Like I just no. I, go for they it do. if you want. They do. Cyclops. That's not what they do. The cycle, but I, I don't. I think 
they used to be known for their IPAs like six years ago. Not known, but like Dunham IPAs were, you know, up there with everyone else's. But now that the IPA scene has changed so much and that what people want is the haze with a couple of West Coasts spackled in there or whatever, yeah. um, I, I, I want the amazing wild beers that Dunham does, sours or the, just the, the, the blends or whatever. Um, but I think what happens is a lot of these, I said Dunham a lot, but I don't even really consider them part of this, but like a lot of other breweries are just like creating these new Englands to sell when, because there's such a desire for it. And almost, it's almost like shifting everything. Whereas in it, it's like, they're not allowed just doing what they did before. Mm. It's like, that's not good enough for us beer geeks and for the general community that now everyone has to do this thing. So everything has to shift in this direction. Whereas in what I would prefer is that you do you and you do you, and then I can enjoy uh, in silly, I'm going to say silly, hazy IPAs and smoothie nonsense and crazy, thick, sludgy pastry stouts and all that stuff, because I enjoy it too. But I also enjoy all of what you would call the Yawn Beers too. Um, hashtag Young Boys. Yeah, hashtag Young Boys. <laughs> um, and I think, I don't know, I don't know if it's just a transition period we're in or whatever, but I find it interesting no you're right i've seen uh you know chris uh from hops and bros is, is quite uh critical of breweries who do that um the point i was making before actually when i was comparing the the new england that jp made at the circus after tips wine it was damn near clear and it was obvious he told me he doesn't like the style and he said yeah i tried to make it balanced it's supposed to be balanced and it was like fruity and shit but it hadn't had any crazy body. It just didn't do anything to make you want to drink that as that's not a New England IPA. You just call it that. And he didn't want to do it. And I bet he was making a whole bunch of styles at the Circus Sal that he didn't want to do. And now with Silo, people are saying his shit is exceptional because it's what he wants to make. So brewers need to be more true to themselves rather than true. I understand for business, for sure. But if you're going to go the haze route and you're going to try and compete with this, I mean – you've really got to commit that the reason why someone said this to me the other day, I forgot who it was, but they were saying the reason why saying the Sorum is so good and Brewski and all these other, cause they committed, but that's what they give a fuck about. Like Mark Andre and Vincent at Masorum, this is what they love. They went all, they travel around to get these beers, Derek Guillaume and even Zach on the brewers. They traveled around. Zach had a, um, a YouTube channel that where they document, they made these like, videos about it and they're really well done and they even interviewed like the alchemist I mean, i wasn't even able to interview the fucking alchemist and shit and i got a proper podcast for much longer um i was annoyed at the motherfucker because then they they never worked out but you know they went in search of these styles and then they made them and then they make them well and that's really what it comes down to like if i think the real thing is like brewers need to not think that this is all that's going to sell and, and in because if, if you make one on your menu and it's just like this one where you're not trying to appease the hype and drop like you were saying before three four new beers every week you'd probably be fine but yeah you know and what it's i mean interesting i was um so i don't think you've had much sean lib recently well i gave you a couple cans yeah a couple uh, yeah which they were, they were his, good. his loggers are 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 are, are exceptional okay, his, his pilsner it. now is 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 perfection well have i no he the did, bohemian one it used to be in the bottle right now it's in the can yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. so much better 
Like it's just been subtly getting better. Cool. Um, and now it's amazing. Uh, he did an Oktoberfest that was like really nice and clean and a little bit malty. Nice. Um, he has a like a lighter lager that's amazing, and a he did this really exceptional Keller beer. With, in a collab with uh, a mutual friend of ours named Jason, who owns um, an IGA in Granby. Nice. And he was like, we were talking. Like, I went to the brewery one day to pick up some cans, and I was, I was drinking. Like, he, he they they literally had the canning line going, and they were they were canning them, and he just like taught Threw me it. the Pilsner right from the canning line. And I just cracked it and was drinking it. And I was like, you got to just do all lagers, yeah. like just go nuts, you know? And yeah. he's like, yeah, but are people going to buy, are people going to spend six bucks or five bucks on these cans? And and it was a question that I didn't have an answer for. And I don't know. I well, don't know if people will. I think they will. <sighs> okay. There's, it's a nuanced question. Lagers and pills and, and craft pills and dry hopped all the above, right? They... Are argue they are up there with the trendiest beers. They are up there with the haze and with the sours and, and the pastry stouts. Correct, but but, but, but I would say they pay? Just it's starting to happen. Okay, because Quebec is behind. Remember, everywhere else has been doing this forever, like years. I've been having fire ass lagers in Colorado in twenty eighteen type of shit. Like that's what yeah. they were. That's what they were focusing on a lot of the times. And in Virginia last summer had some of the best I've ever had in my life at Triple Crossing. That's one of my favorite breweries in the world now. Like, places like that. Like, Vermont is insane for all that. The Green State Lager from Zero Gravity is so exceptional. It's one of the best standard shelfy lagers I've ever had. Like, this is not new. Once again, Quebec is years behind everywhere else. So we're only just seeing the surface being scratched, right? I paid, it was just less than 20 bucks. It was, maybe it was like $21. I can't remember. Either way, it was like, all the IPAs were like 30-ish, 28, 30, 26, maybe for this one because it was only 6.5. But then the lager was significantly less. And I was like, yeah. And it was probably in context to that $32 fucking four-pack of 8% double IPA. So I know that the brewery, like a brewery like Masorum, is putting the exact same ingredient, like really putting ingredients into this shit. They're not going to charge me five or six bucks a can of um, pills non lager or whatever, if it didn't have the ingredients. They would knock it down if it didn't have it in there. But they're not going to do it half fast because that's not their business model. Um, I remember buying um, Le Castor. We talked about this. Uh, not Le, Le Castor pills was mad expensive at first. It was like six fifty a bottle. And yeah. then um, I paid $7.50 for a can of Bar Canada. What's it called? The um, Oh, yeah. L'Aspiration. L'Aspiration. Yeah. And it's fucking exceptional. Now, was I happy about it? No. Would I do it regularly? No. But would I cop $20, $22, $24? Would I pay six bucks? Yeah, I would. For a crispy boy that's good, that I know is good. But I think the taste is being acquired here now. I think people went up to it before because they're still caught up. Why is there a line every single week, even in COVID? Even in red alert? Even probably in minus 30 degrees? There's going to be a line out the door every time to buy this shit, including the lagers. So, cause you know, so I think it's more just like the brewery has to keep doing. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be known for it, I guess. And loggers are tough though, because they have to sit there for, for months or however Six, long. seven weeks. Yeah. 
Um, um, and that was funny because he brewed uh, Alex at Shawnee brewed a blonde ale. Ew! It's like why? Why'd you do a blonde ale if you're a pilsner? Yeah. He's like two weeks. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like I need I need to be able to have something on constantly that kind of fits that niche. Um, it's a so, different. It's a different. You can't compare the blonde niche to the lager niche. To a craft lager niche is a different thing. Yeah, but to the everyday drinker, it's not. It's not too far apart. Would you buy a blonde? Um, <laughs> what are you putting me on the spot? No, I would never buy a blonde. I'm saying I would never fucking buy a blonde. If I went there and he had a blonde, or something, I would get something else. I'm not drinking it's, anyone's blonde. It's such um, a catch-all term that I probably would just to see what it was about. Like, I mean, maybe from a brewery that you know was already good, and the only difference is there's four weeks in the tank. Yeah, I mean, so I, I he ended up giving it to me, and I tried it. And it was actually almost like he called it a blondale, but it was almost like a farmhouse blondale. So it had a See, hint of a phenolic thing. Yeah. It was a little bit saison-y. So that's I fun. actually enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, but then you have like the golden ale from Four Origins, which uh, their iron works or whatever, which I but actually. That's a golden ale. That's not a blondale. The golden ale is very but, different. I mean, it, they're I'm, all. I'm picking hairs here, splitting hairs here, sorry. But like, there is a difference because when you think blondale, I'm thinking. Boreal or um, Saint Ambroise, like the exactly straight but gateway better versions uh, of that, right. right? So then, I would recommend to breweries not to call it Blondale because the it depends who you're targeting at the end of the day. If I'm not, like I said, if I walk into a brewery, my first pick every single time is where's the crispy boy? Every time, Chris couldn't believe, dude. When we went to Saint Kim Baron, so Chris from Hops and Bros is the marketing manager at Saint Kim Baron. We went and visited maybe I don't know in August or some shit. It was the first time we'd, we'd left Montreal, and it was the first time we drank out of a glass that wasn't from our home. Um, felt super safe. It was fantastic. And he was like, I was like, oh, how many of these are you? Because I knew we were, I was getting cans for you and me. So I was like, oh, which ones are not in cans? Should I try? And he was like, oh, like these, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, you probably want this double IPA, and Tiff, you probably want this IPA. And both of us went for the Hellas Lager. No, I went for the Hellas, and she went for the Pills, and he couldn't believe it. I'm like... I mean, telling people from time, people keep thinking I'm just a haze boy. I'm like, I, I would prefer, I would take a Pilsner over haze any day now. Mm. Like, that's how far it's gone for me. Like, that's what I want. I was like, I told my brother, he's doing, we're doing a trade. I sent him, I think we said like 18 beers. And he sent me, I said, just like, he said, what do you want from where? I said, just get me mostly crispy beers. So that's what he did. Because that's, I never get them. And Well, then why don't you just go like stock up on Labatt Blue and just put all this crap stuff aside? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do that, God damn it! Yawn yourself to sleep <laughs> all night. Don't you dare disrespect yacht lovers and call them yawn. You need to chill the fuck out, okay? I mean, you probably could actually put them under yawn if you really want to be real about it. But point being, though, like a, a craft person would take uh, exception to a blonde. But if I saw a pills on a live or something like that, I would uh, do it. To be fair, the best blonde I ever had was from Burlington Beer Co. And it was insane. Like it was more, it was like hazy, um, fruity, and tropical. It was damn near like a cross between a lager and a New England or something. Oh. It was it was amazing. I couldn't believe how good it was. So yeah, like I know what you're saying. To a- answer Alex's thing, it depends on who his market is. Masorum is a very specific market. Brewski uh, is a split market because they're if it was for their location, they'd be the same market as Masorum. 
because of what they're making, but their location forces them to make a brown ale and amber, a blonde, and all the heifer, and all the other bullshit. They know they have to do it because it serves. They call it bullshit. It is bullshit. <laughs> I think even Derek feels the same way. Shouts to you, Derek. You know, you know, bro. Come on, you know. Derek doesn't give a fuck. Because these guys, this is what they want to drink. So I think it just depends on the brewery. Um, you know, maybe some of the ones who are, are still finding their way through Gallicus. I met Sammy. He's a super cool guy. And, uh, I tried four of his beers. They were all pretty solid. I feel like he definitely had some work to do, but I don't think he's been doing the style for very long. Um, I've had a couple from Nouvelle France. have been pretty dope. Um, all of saint Kien Baron's ones, I'm going to be honest, and no bias because we should talk about your new stuff soon as well because you've got a relationship with Jacob, the owner. Uh, obviously, Chris is a good friend of ours. He works there. So obviously, anything that he does, we would want to be down with. But they're one of my favorite new breweries because they do everything really well. They're crispy, phenomenal. The haze, they make a lot of haze. All of it is really, really good. Um, they did some sours and they did some stouts. Everything's been genuinely fantastic. No bullshitting, no yanking anyone's chain. Like They're one of the most impressive breweries to me because they did across the board from the beginning. They weren't jumping on any hype train, and everything was really, really solid. Well, what I like about them is that they kind of are hype jumping on the hype train, but they're doing it a little bit less intensely, if that makes any sense. Okay. Like, they're, they're definitely New England IPA focused, right? Like, at almost every release, there's at least one or two New England IPAs, yeah. whether it's a double or a single. That's true. But along with that, they're they're focusing it seems they're focusing on like kind of gozas a little bit of berliner weiss on the yeah. side and um a lot of lagers but a like yeah. like whereas then you have mistorum that's literally 95 percent ipas and then a sprinkling of stouts and a sprinkling of lagers and now they're doing the smoothie thing a bit and more. A little bit of farmhouse. But, they dropped these bottles here and there from their barrel aid stuff because yeah. they, they, they opened up a new part of the brewery. Last time I went there, they knocked, oh, out, they? The, they knocked out the wall. of. Did you, did you go out the back when you went there? I've been there a couple of times. So you know yeah, how there's so like, like I've been on the- So you know how you walk in from the tap room, you walk kind of around the brewery, uh, the, the, the tanks and stuff. You can either walk through the tank room or you walk around the back. And then once you walk around the back, there was another part of the factory that wasn't there. So they included that in their lease and they knocked the wall down and they're putting fooders in there and that's the new barrel room. Wow. So that's well, when they've been pumping out some And that was in fuck. We did the podcast with them in like February probably. So I think that was the last time I was there. I might have gone one other time. I can't remember but probably um, not if it was February. Yeah, it was pretty close to um to COVID uh what's Steve say? No, Steve just hit me up from oh, I won't say where uh, the brewery that was supposed to interview and said did it come <laughs> I don't think it did Steve I don't think it did um, but yeah so they, they're really going into the barrel age stuff and that makes me really happy because they were doing collabs with it they got the food is from American Solera in um, right. uh, Oklahoma so yeah, they like, didn't up with them right? yeah they did the collab that was great that was a great beer I actually got hold, managed to get hold of that um so, yeah, they're doing a bit of everything. But, yes, you are correct. It's like 90 95% IPAs with the sprinkling of, of, of the other thing. So you're right. Whereas, like, St. Kian Baron are definitely doing it a little more lighter, well, I guess. And I, what I liked is that I feel like they're, they're, they're definitely focusing on, on what's contemporary. 
but they're also not. I, I don't know how to say this because I don't want to insult anyone else, but I feel like they're not doing the bandwagon quite as intensely as some of the others. No, um, no, no. It says that like the stout that they did wasn't a pastry stout. It no, was no. Uh, like a breakfast style stout. Breakfast style. Um, so like a loose like um like like the the OG uh, from founders there with it's not KBS but the, the just like yeah the, yeah I the, think it's oh uh, I think it's just called breakfast out yeah exactly they they kind of invented it like it's it was it's basically kind of a carbon copy of that or like Pesce or whatever yeah 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 um and it was on point you know and Ooh. and I feel like we're kind of losing those beers a little bit now because everyone's like oh what's popular now pastry stouts let's do that this let's throw vanilla lactose and this and like, <laughs> like that. Uh, I do, and that's what we're about to to drink. To next. drink this, but, yes. Um, I, I all this to say that, like, I I, I really dig what what um, Saint-Kim Baron is choosing to pump out because I feel like it's smart in the sense that they're doing what's popular, they're doing what's new, but they're still like they're not going snowballing really down that like freight train of. Ultra contemporary, like they did a very simple, not simple. They did a like a Berliner, a raspberry Berliner that's very much like Solstice Tete, and it was solid, but it wasn't a smoothie or anything like that. No, and that's I think that's just like that's what makes them interesting that they're doing shit that is like, whoa, like this is good. I didn't know what to expect when I first, you know, Chris made sure he got us out some uh, some beers, and we were like, what? I was shocked at how good they were. Not that I thought that would be shit, but I had no expectations, so I didn't know, you know, what to expect from 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 what he was doing. And to have that many fire IPAs that they were, and to be fair, what I like about them the most to align with what you're saying is that instead of dropping three new beers every week, yeah, they're dropping three beers a week, but they're dropping the same one from two months ago mm-hmm. every week, which is, to my mind, is the um, uh, Burlington Beer Code model. So maybe they'll drop four new beers a week. Two of them are ones they've done before. One of them just a slight variant, so maybe a raspberry Berliner instead of a different one. And then a standard, they're bringing this IPA back that they only bring back four times a year. I love that model because it gets the, allows them to um, tweak the recipes of their, not necessarily flagship, but regular beers so they get better and better every time. Like St. Cambaron has the mixtape series, the purple, blue, the red. And they're yep. like two hops at a time and they're going to be constantly tweaked and get better and better and better. They're bringing back the pills, the two tails, the demo in Hellas and stuff like that. And then they'll bring in, they'll drop, they got a Bar Canada collab coming, I think, soon. They've got this like funny one they did that's like a ticker beer that's making fun of Untap, like FT, ISO, yeah, FT, which is really clever. So that's what I like about them because they've found their own little groove and the place itself is beautiful. The vibe is amazing. Um, we had Chris Gaines, like a cheese and meat plate. Was beautiful. I don't know, just. I'm in love with their whole shit. I'm really on their dick. Like, I'm such a huge fan. <laughs> Let me but, say I'm really on their dick very um, I'm gonna, sincerely I'm, and, and, and just and the heart. From, like, you know what? from the asshole, I'm on their I'm just, dick. I'm really on their dick. <laughs> I gotta be honest, bro. What can I do? Just, I'm really on their dick. This is going to be on the uh, promo part. This is the one minute point. Uh, an hour 40. Remember this, Jeff. <laughs> All right. On that note. You want to you wanna jump mm. into 
Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah, anyway, I can talk a bit about the thing can that you, I'm working on. Can with. you talk about so, that while I take a piss? It's okay. I'm going to take a quick piss, and then I'll so talk about your... You're talking about the rebrand stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about your rebrand, uh, how it all came about, what you're doing. I'll be back in 30 seconds. You know the all right. So, oh, and also, hi, Tiffany says uh, cancelled when you said founders because they cancelled. <laughs> so we're not allowed to say, not allowed to say the name. But didn't, didn't they... Didn't they redeem themselves in some capacity? Not really, because they – do you know why? They never apologized and they settled out of court. They never apologized. Never admitted fault. And look, the worst part about that, we went there in 2017. It was our biggest interview to date as far as the largest brewery we ever interviewed. They treated us like royalty. There was, we met the owner and the head brewer, like the owner who's probably worth $100 million now. Um, head brewer, chill as fuck. They took us around. They, they sent us home with the 750s of KBS. And I asked them, I said, oh, can I get CBS in Vermont? I'm going to go there. Do you know where I can get it? They sent me out CBS. Like, they were so good to us. And we repped for them real heavy. And when this happened, I was really devastated because they were just so nice. Yeah. So it's really unfortunate. And I've still got a few of their beers. And I don't check in on Untapped. I don't take pictures of them. I just enjoy them. So yes. that's what all the people, even they're saying, fuck founders. They're like, oh, don't pour them out. Drink them. But just don't tell anyone to drink them. I'm like, I can do that. Um, tell us about your rebrand, everything you're doing with your brand, because it's very, very exciting. It's cool to see, because I hadn't seen you do anything this crazy since I've known you. So I love it. Yeah, I'm pretty slow to the... Uh, well, everything was looking change. good. There was no need to, right? So now it's like, yeah. why not? And I feel like it's a whole new energy around what you're doing. I think it's really exciting. I think this is so fucking cool. So yeah, talk about how that came about. I'll be back in a sec. Yeah, so I, uh, about, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe five years ago or so, I uh, had a friend create my my logo. Um, and around the same time, Jacob, who's now the owner of saint Berlin, was a graphic designer who, I guess, was a fan of my site. And he, he mocked up a uh, a sketch, I guess, of, uh, of kind of like a rebrand for beerism. And uh, at the time, I didn't take him up on it because I had just redone my brand. Um, so anyway, a few weeks ago, I was looking for a change, and I remember that he had done that, and I found it, and I asked him, like, hey, um, would you mind if I ended up using what you had created? And he said, no, not at all. But then he came back to me, and he had an idea of having kind of a cinquième baron-sponsored uh, relaunch, and he suggested that we do a collaboration beer and also um, create some glassware that we could uh, sell at the at the brewery so it's a little sneak peek of the of the glass here that's better so i had these created um and now he's gonna be uh in about a month or so i guess we're gonna be we're gonna be selling them hopefully at the brewery um i think that might be the only place to sell them at the Really? I was just saying that uh, we created the glass. So was the glass a co- the actually actually the collab part of it? No, or was so it just the like collab is going to be up here. Yes, which I saw. Did you tell people what it is? Uh, no, not yet. It's okay. going to be. Uh, you don't have to tell them. Dry hop. That's nah, fine. Double Go. dry hop New England IPA with hey. Galaxy. Uh, Nelson Sauvain. Did you ask my permission to use Galaxy because it's Australia? I did. He didn't reach out to you. <laughs> well done, well done, well done. No, he didn't. Oh, no, he told, me, he told me it didn't matter because you were on his dick. 
Wow, that was bringing that full circle like two minutes later. Hey, man, well done. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that one. You get your automatic permission now. So. Okay, so the glassware is, did you explain how the logo came about? Yeah, exactly. Cool. I, I went through the whole thing Beautiful. about how he was a graphic designer and um, he designed this like five years ago and we just never used it until now. And you didn't use it just because like you just you didn't need to at the time, right? You just had a new... Oh, it was literally like a couple of months after I had just created the, the beards and logo. Before that, I didn't have a logo at all. Oh, so it was like... Uh, and he just did it out of the blue. did it for me who I had like... Who was like kind enough to kind of do it somewhat for free? I gave him some beers at the time or something. Okay, but wh- why did Jacob do it? Though? Did you did you explain that or did you just get it out the blue? Uh, I think he was just a fan of the site, and he's like, "Hey, I wanted to take beerism to like a more contemporary kind of uh, brand change kind of thing." Okay, I mean that's um, fucking cool that he even. That he but did he, that he ended up. So I, what I did is I, I uh, hooked him up with Remy and Max from Wildcheck, and he designed their logo. That's him. Ah, uh, I did not know that. Okay. Just a Remy and Max. There. Yeah, full circle. Jack House, yeah. That's, uh, Very that, was, cool. that was Jacob who did that. Okay. So then, like, so, yeah. did you talk about how the, how the how did the collab come about it? He suggested it as an option. He, well, he, he said, like, why don't we do a Cinquième Baron sponsored relaunch for your uh, your brand? And he's like, I don't know if it'll do anything for the brewery, but it'll be fun. Um, and he's like, we can do glasses, and I'm gonna, I'll am gonna pay for them, and we can just sell them at uh, the brewery. And I was like, okay. Do so you he, get sent, he sent me some to give to, to friends. Okay. And, um, I would love one. For sure. And I, he let me, like, I chose this. Glass. Style of glass. Why did you choose that? Choose that uh, style. So, I I I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about doing a beers and glass forever. I just didn't do it because I was always on the fence. Like, it'd be awesome to choose like a high end glass company. You know what I mean? Like, do like a Spiegelow glass or something. And then I'm like, are people going to spend twenty five dollars a glass, or however much I'd have to mark it up for? And then how am I going to sell it anyway? It just never ended up coming into fruition. But I always had the idea of doing like a stemless wine glass in some capacity, largely because I, I it's one of the, my favorite glasses to drink beer out of. Um, I like drinking beer out of stemmed glasses, but they're it, it always carries like a certain level of. Fanciness? I'm not gonna say pretentiousness, but like also, like again, lack of a better term, like a daintiness to it, where you're just like you're doing the thing. Whereas in particularly like this the, there is a very physical thing. I love drinking beers out of those glasses. Don't yeah. get me wrong, I really do, and you see me doing it all the time. That's a hill five there's Something. Um, there's something. Uh, there's something to those stems. Yeah, holding the beer right. That's why I, I also really legitimately enjoy drinking beers out of these shakers. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, so I feel like this kind of marries the two in the sense that it's also the uh, glass that you can drink almost any style out of. Yeah. Like whether it's a stout, pilsner. Like I'd say the one that works the least is probably a lager. But even then, it makes more sense to drink a lager out of this than I'd say the glass that you just showed me. Like, ever drank pilsners out of wine glasses or tikus? It just, it doesn't, it doesn't fly for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're losing that, like, drinkability of it. Like, I feel like the moment you stick something in a stemmed glassware, it's, um, 
your it's your the expectation changes. Whereas in when you pour something into something that your whole hand wraps around, I feel like it's a different experience. Mm, I feel like yeah. I'm bending a bit. I don't know. No, but. no, 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 dude, far from it. Um, I love it. I think it's a really smart, um, it's a smart move. I love that you're doing the rebrand. I love that you're redoing the website. I love that the collab idea is sick because it's probably the, the first one of the first collabs that Saint Kim Barrow there a new brewery that they've done. So that's a good look. Yeah, they did um, Buck Canada. They did a restaurant. <clears throat> they did actually a few. They did one oh, yeah, in the restaurant. The um, Poke Place one that was a good beer too. That was really good. That was a really good. I pale really like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Um, but no, it was really cool and it's a beautiful uh, can. Um, I'm really proud of you. I'm really happy for you, man. It's fantastic. Um, this is another brewery that you actually connected me with. Um, super impressed with these guys. Uh, Brasserie General out of um, Quebec City. We were there recently with the guys. So Max was your contact. My contact was Pierre Hugo, but his wife was having a baby the day we were there. So I met him. Matt, really? and, yeah. Well, at least they were in the hospital dealing with it. So I met Max and Sam. Uh, we went to the Dizuit um Brew Pub in Limwalu, which is the hipster area of Quebec City. I fucking love Quebec City, bro. I've, I've spent very little oh time. Oh, my God. Now. Dude, it was only our second time going. We went in August. We did a campaign with the tourism office, and we did a nice little vlog coming soon on our brand-new camera. Um, where to drink beer in Quebec City. So we went and kicked it with these guys. I wish we got to stay longer. But uh, we went to the Brew Pub, not the actual uh, brewery, which is somewhere north of the city. Um, Brew Pub was beautiful, super cool. The haze was fire. They left us with a bunch of beers. Everything I had was exceptional. And this is uh, one of the seven beers they brewed, which is in the photo right behind you up front, actually. Um, from there, look at that. Yeah, get the fuck out of the way. That was great. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. Um, from their uh, seventh anniversary stash of beers. And this is a 7% sweet stout with coconut vanilla and Noah lactose. Lactose. Hashtag team lactose all fucking day. Noah is a part of it. I don't care what he says. Um, yeah, man, I'm going to take a photo because I only got one of these. I have to review it. But I'm, I had, what did I have the other night? Oh, I had the IPA, Reverber or some shit. It was really mm-hmm. good. Oh, look at that flick, mate. What a nice. fucking beaut. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so nose is very like milk stouty. Doesn't smell super pastry because it's only 7%. It, um, I don't know what they were going for. Oh, shit. I nice. take it. Oh, wow. That's great. It, it doesn't hit that like crazy Buck Canada thing. No. Buck Canada manages to like, I don't know. Their, their beers smell like literal dessert. Whereas yeah. in this, this is far more of an actual beer, if anything. Yeah, this is great. Oh my gosh. The vanilla is really strong. Body's nice on it. Yeah. It's good. Mm. The coconut's more subtle than what uh, like Buck Canada does. Yeah. That's not a bad thing either. No. At 7%, I'm not going to lie, I had a, uh, I'm not going to say who it was, I had a around 60% stout last night from a brewery that I that I got that I want to mention, but I had to drain half of it. It was too, it was too thin and just nothing going on for a stout. This is giving me the complete opposite of that. This is ballsy. This is like, does it have coffee? I feel like it needs that. I feel like it's got coffee in it or something. And it's not overly sweet either. Sometimes lactose, I mean, obviously we joke about it and stuff, but when lactose is too much, it ruins beers. 
Well, I, I I used to really dislike sweet stouts even before it became a thing. Um, but but the new like I feel like the new wave of sweet stouts, although it is sweet, there's like an ability to balance it better these days. I find. Yeah. Oh, this is great, man. I really like this. Yeah, solid. Very very impressed. Good job. Well done. So yeah, um, uh, Brasserie General also, speaking of rebrands, did a rebrand. They call themselves BG Brasserie Urbaine. They don't even say Brasserie General. Because look, to be honest, Brasserie General isn't the greatest name. I'm sure probably. Yeah, I mean, I used to get them mixed up with somebody else, so many others that had like similarly generic. So the names in there, right? Yeah. It's. So yeah, they've rebranded with their logo. They're using a new illustrator on all their cans, and it says on the back, it's uh, Romain Lassay. I think it's a, an agency. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a person. I and, feel like breweries uh, don't I was chatting with, um, with him yeah, uh, quite a lot yesterday about all these beers. He got me really excited to try the... Uh, the, uh, the I guess we could just call it a barrel-aged sour that they... That they released. The sour looks uh, sick. And they did a stout. And, this is a stout and a sour, right? They, the two bottles behind you on the photo yeah. there. The one on the one's right. like a big-ass pastry stout, and one's um, like a blended barrel-aged sour yeah. thing. I it's a Berliner Weiss done in gin barrels. Oof. So I have another... Um, oh, no, I have... Of, is it? He was really proud of it. What's that? I have another can of theirs that's a Berliner Weiss done in gin barrels that they gave me. Really? Yeah, and they gave me two cans of it. So I had one. I'm going to do a one-minute review on the other one because I was really impressed with it. So maybe it's like a ballsier version of that one. I forgot what it's called. What Did it have like a like a logo on it and everything? Yeah, it was like these weird other ones. Though. There were sort of these strange beers that didn't look along. Like their branding wasn't as cohesive as all these new ones are. This new branding is leagues above like a month ago when I was there. So I must have got the last shit from the old branding. Oh, I thought you meant on the what you just got. Oh, no, I got the same as you. Everything behind you, I got the seven beers, the five cans, the two okay. models. So I've had now it's the second uh, can. I'm glad we got to talk about it on the podcast. It gives them a bit of extra love because I really want to support yeah. them. I was just – we were really impressed with them as people. Um, we didn't want to leave. The food at the brewery looked amazing. Uh, the vibe was hella cool. All the beers we had, I think Tiff had like a fucking a nitro brown ale that was a collab with a, a local coffee roaster. Um, nice. that was super fire. I had their, um, the one that you had the, uh, something on hot, got the word hop in it. Not the new kids on the hops. There was another one. Oh, it's uh it's another play. On it had the song. bus or something on it. Wasn't it a bus? I like big hops. There you go. That shit was fire, man. It was so bright yeah. and so milky and creamy. It was a beautiful beer. And so, that one they just scaled up too, because what he was selling, telling me is they have their their brew pub or whatever where they can just do small batches and they can those like baby cans there with the kind of like yeah. gen- more generic labels. Yes. And then they had the bigger brand, which, and so I think, um, I've already forgotten the name. We just said it. I like Big Hops was the yes. first new england that they did maybe not the first new england but no like it was zell that, i think zell was the first oh they scaled up okay because zell you told me about so you connected with them maybe a few months ago and you were like yo this is like yes they're double yeah they're double ipa and then yeah, right. they gave me a couple cans of that and i drank it in gas bay and i was like fucking hell man because i had the I like big hops and i was like yo this is great and then i had the zell in gas bay when we were out there and i was like all right this is like this is some shit right here. You were not boosting at all. 
Um, yeah, no, it's super solid, and I feel like it, they they have their own thing too. It's hard to explain. Like I feel like they're I, this isn't sweet at all. This is kind of perfect, but this is brilliant. I feel like their IPAs oh tend to be slightly on the sweeter side, but I don't even mean that in an overly critical way. Sometimes I like having a more rounded profile. I don't know about you, but mm. like, like Zale is it Zeal Zale? Anyway, that one. Yeah. It is a touch sweet, but it's so zesty that it yeah. like it, it really works. Yeah, like to be honest, some Zesty's of the Bach Canada doubles are sweet to a cloying degree and this mm. one isn't it, it, no. it's uh it's like a fun level of sweetness if that makes any sense that's a great great positioning for it and uh i, I couldn't agree more and so i'm really excited for that new kids on the hops i think that's the double um oh, and there this was is growing. this is really nice yeah this is honestly like every sip i'm like wow this is getting better i'm so impressed so the brewery that he was telling you about the one at the actual uh pub it's very clever so Literally at the, the very back of the pub, like near the bathroom type of thing. And it's tiny. I'm talking like, I don't know, I guess you don't know this. It's like the size of my kitchen. Tiny, tiny. And they've got just a, like three or four fermenters. Then you go up these stairs and there's a mezzanine. So it's like really high ceiling because it's in the bottom of a condo building, like a brand new condo building uh, on the way into the main street, the Limwalu. We didn't get to really check it out, unfortunately. We came back because that's where Emporium was. So I would have, like, it was a choice between going back to General for dinner or going to Emporium because we had to video there. So we went to Emporium because we didn't have yeah. a choice. It's the only problem with the content stuff. You don't get to kind of like soak it up like you wanted. But like, I, it was just so clever the way they set it up. Very, very cool. They would have had a really smart designer to be able to design the volume they would have produced in that little space. And then have they said, you released that podcast yet? No, no. So it's a vlog. So the problem was. We had a vlog from – so you know how we do the where to drink craft beer in yep. X? Yep. So we did San Francisco or the Bay Area or whatever in December. Have not released it. Uh, we just got busy. Then we filmed Vermont in February when we were there, where to drink craft beer in Vermont, the first version. We did like eight places, which was pretty cool. And we did that as like a teaser to work with the tourism office. We were talking to them. And then the week after, because we went to Vermont 6th, 7th, 8th of March – uh, March 13th, we did a collab with Wood Brothers, and that was the day when things were a bit weird. Like, can we shake hands? Like, what do we do? And then yeah. March 13th, 15th, so I think on the Monday, then everything uh, was locked down. So, we True, did release. The Wood Brothers thing was right, 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 at right the before. Right before. I remember I decided not to go. Yeah, and so like, did Nate. Sure. Yeah, because it was a little bit of a strange time. Me and uh, yeah, just Tiff and I and Chris went. The we also shot uh, we did a collab which we did drop though with um, uh, it's called City Ruse Tours we did Where to Drink Craft Beer in Montreal Part Two yes, we did I the first that. part yeah so Tiff edited that recently because we hit them up right after we were going to drop it pretty soon and they were like yeah we're out of business for a bit so don't don't yeah. waste the time it was kind of weird because it's all it was like pissing down snow it was like February when we did it on that day so we didn't want to drop it in July or something so right. we ended up dropping it. I don't know, a few, like last month, September, I think. Um, so we still have three more videos. Oh, and then when we went to, then all the cases went down. So we're like, we would normally go somewhere. I was kind of going a bit crazy. I'm like, I just want to kind of get away a little bit. We were super busy. Um, but we were like, all right, fuck it. So we went to Quebec City because all the cases were basically none there at the time. Now they're crazy. Um, which Brian at Noctem told me it was going to get crazy because they have a huge right-wing anti-mask population there, and that's why they, they fucked it up, he said. Yeah. 
could have but made it got it. crazy here and we don't well i guess there was some I, I a little bit but i think it was more volume of people and private gatherings is my guess because i thought it was schools and gyms and stuff but it doesn't seem to be that as much i think it's more the private gatherings where people just don't have any protection and they're probably drinking getting high or whatever and then blah, spinning them over um uh, we went to Quebec City. We did Reddick Drink Coffee in Quebec City. That was a tourism board collaboration, and we went there. That was fantastic. And then we went to Gaspé uh, to try and get away for like five days and just see a different part of Quebec and brave the French, and it worked out really well. And we did a second one called Wedding Drink Craft Beer in eastern Quebec. So we went to Rallabac, uh, uh fucking Pit Caribou, um, Oval, right. a bunch of other places up there. We kind of did that. We didn't do as many as we thought, but I, I did that one. We didn't contact anybody we just went and paid i'm like fuck it i don't want to talk to anybody i'm trying to chill so i don't want to yeah. rock up when i want to rock up tiff did some b-roll i did some talking boom boom that's it so yeah we have a few more of those coming those are those are super that's fun cool. yeah man they're they're a good piece of content people like them a lot and um i like them almost more than doing the podcast like podcasts are much more work because you got to have these long-form conversations with people in the environment, got to make sure, blah, blah, blah. Tiff's got to go and do a million things, take care of this camera. She's got to go get B-roll. Got to make sure we take the photos. It's just so many mis- uh, like moving parts to it. It's actually almost nice to do like these this way because it's like – Yeah, I was going to say like the remote thing is kind of a blessing sort of or a silver lining mm. to a certain degree. Mm. It's allowed us to do stuff like – I think you've even mentioned it to me before. Why don't you just get him on Skype? I'm like, I fucking hated this. This is not optimal at all. But the best part about the pandemic is that it forced us to have to do it this way. And it's not really... Well, it's become a- the new norm, so it's kind of okay to do Exactly, because the quality that we would lose, because you don't have it just for people who know that wanted to have this works. Normally what I would do, say if... Um, it was just me and Tiff doing the podcast here. We'd go live on YouTube and we'd have a microphone in front of me and then we would wear the headphones and then we would use this microphone just for the audio. So the audio sounds perfect and then on the live it sounds good and then we're good to go. For you and me, you don't have a microphone on your side so I actually take the audio directly from this feed. Now, it's pretty good. It's not perfect though because you still hear that Skype. On the, on the YouTube video, it doesn't sound weird. When you just hear the audio, it does sound a little skypey which personally as a podcast listener i never liked before but everyone's used to it now because what other alternative do we have so i yeah, it's yeah, kind of cool. like uh tig Nataro on conan or something and like oh, they're it's like cutting out right so the the expectations of billionaires or whatever i don't know these like these like professional type situations where that are well funded. Yeah. They don't have exactly. before like what you're putting out looks better. Like for a while it was looking better than like the late night show, you know? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like now um, that they're in studio, it's a bit different or whatever, but at the beginning. Yeah. It's a total different thing. Garbage. I don't um, know. I feel like they were doing it on purpose to a certain degree. I, I don't know. To make it bad. To get people yeah. used to it. Maybe. Um, no, it didn't make sense to me how they couldn't just ship Fixed. a bunch of high-end ex- ex- equipment to someone's house. And just, Ooh, I, I, I don't actually know. have a thought about that. I'm looking at my camera. Nothing's going to stop, but my camera's flashing. Do we? I don't know if the second battery's full, but I want to take the thumbnail whilst it's a, while that's on, just in case. If it goes, I just I just switch to my uh, FaceTime camera. 
when we do the thumbnails, want to hold up what we've drank so far, so we can do it just for the people down. You know what I'm saying? Give them, give them a bit of love. There we go. Both of us. You're good. Yeah, of course. Uh, command Shift Four. There we go. Ready? <laughs> Oh, look at us. That's actually really cool. I'm really happy that we got to get the same, same stuff. Yeah. So an interesting thing, Tiff actually did a live video with Facebook for Business on their fan page with 16 million likes. And 16 million? 16 million. And they shipped a fucking ca- a, a, a suitcase full of equipment here. So they shipped, even though technically the funny part about it was, from what they shipped, our camera, this is a DSLR camera, pretty expensive, like, it's better than what they shipped. I'm like, we have the shit, fam. Like, it's good, but they still shipped. They shipped a laptop, a webcam, a fucking lights, like, all of this stuff, all of this audio equipment. There was stuff everywhere. It was hilarious. So, <laughs> Tiff and I, now we saw that, and we thought, guys, come on, relax. Like, we have the lights. We have the stuff. Like, we do this. This is what we do. Exactly. But, what that's what they do for all their guests. Pardon? It was a, a thing that plugs into your router to extend the Wi-Fi, so the Wi-Fi didn't wow. fuck up. But the cool thing that we realized about it was after we saw other ones that they did that didn't have that level of attention, we're like, oh, I get it. But then it also made us question, like, why? God, the hiccups. Um, why don't these, like you said, these late night shows who have budget? send the same thing. If Facebook can do it, send the same thing. If you're NBC, send it to fucking Tom Cruise and whatever and set yeah. it up. Like it's not that difficult and it wasn't that hard to set up. They gave you all the instructions. There was a tech team that had a call with Tiff. They made them move the computer around to decide which part of the room she was going to show and we clean it up and make it good. Like it was, it was actually pretty cool to see. So you ask a valued question, like why don't they do that? And then we're like our little beer podcast does looks nicer than the late night talk show like that's ridiculous to me it just shouldn't because we saw yeah, the, what facebook weird. could do so yeah it's kind of strange but the good thing about this is that now instead of being able you know oh speaking of that see the camera just died you can hear me but the camera yes. died uh i can still see you you can still see me because you're not looking oh, at what i'm looking at i'm gonna you add, run to the bathroom yeah go for it go for it um i'm to explain here we go there we go back to facetime panel so um, what was I just saying? What was I saying? I can't even remember now. Remember what I just said? Um, late night shows. Late night shows. I do honestly. We watch Jesus and Meryl sometimes. Oh I'm yeah. Like, how come? Like, what's happening here on the Why other is side? Like your showtime. Yeah. Why aren't you sending your guests like you know ahead of time? Like, well the same stuff, right? So I'm wondering why they don't send the same equipment to yeah. these people. It makes no sense. Like I don't know why they. If we can do it, they I can't actually do now it. I'm like. Oh, you know how it would be a great version of this of this podcast? What's that? We could send everyone mics. Yeah. So the mics would, are great. Yo, I would do love the that. Tests ahead of time. Yep. And then be like, let me check your background. All right, looking good. Let me check your audio. All right, sounding lovely. So we need a sponsor. If anyone wants, maybe uh, Zoom. The audio Zoom, not, we need not to hire the... an audio-visual specialist. Or maybe Zoom oh, could sponsor Zoom. us. We need Zoom to sponsor. Zoom, the microphone and company, not Zoom the, the, the person software. Who does the camera. Someone who does mm. cameras. Even just GoPro. And then you send if you send someone a GoPro that can plug into their laptop, someone's everyone have a laptop or a computer, plug it in. 
Mm. Only one time on the TMF, we have another podcast called Bad Habits, so check that out. Uh, one time on there, we had a guest actually last week, and he was using his phone the whole time, and it worked well. I couldn't believe it because normally phones are fucked. I was like, yo, use a lap, use a computer if you can, and he just used his phone still. He didn't really listen to me. We had terrible audio. From, uh, oh, you're talking, you're talking BOS, I'm talking bad habits. Bad habits wasn't uh, bad. Yeah, he was the, using his phone. Yeah, he was yeah. using his phone. It actually worked out well. Last week we had um, a great podcast and we were so upset because the audio was fucked for the first like 18 minutes. Yeah. Um, it was super, super frustrating. So we're hoping uh, that doesn't happen again. We're just talking like, we should start if we get a sponsor. We get a sponsor to start sending people out like a package that has everything you need, like a microphone, a little GoPro, or something to plug into your computer. You know what I mean? So that that would be dope. It would provide. It would. The problem with this though is that like all of what I've been doing for this entire time of um, quarantine is on a whim. Like I'm talking to someone. Like, hey, fuck! You should be on the podcast, man. Like, I'm not, like, sitting here, like, strategizing three months ahead, being like, all right, we need to go this. But, like, people just hit me up. I'm like, I don't know, you want to be on? Fuck, let's do it. Because they'll, they'll, people want to send me beer, and I'll be like, fuck, I should have you on, man. Like, let's come, come through. Because well, I think if, it, even though you've been doing this for so long, it's still not sinking in that you can do anything. Just get whoever you want anytime, pretty much, assuming uh, they're interested. Yeah. I just don't – I was going to say I don't care. It's not true. I'm like, I'm not like super thought out with it right now because I'm the sort of, <laughs> we didn't want to commit to this way of doing it so hard because we just reached the be- the worst part. We just restructured the way we did the podcast yeah. uh, with the new seasons and we only got two thirds of the way through and we had a, a, an interview with Bar Canada and an interview with Boreal on that same, the first week of lockdown, we had both those interviews locked in. They canceled. We were debating whether or not to do it. Well, Bar Can- uh, uh, Boreal canceled first, and then I hit up a Bar Can- I didn't hear from him. I'm like, yo, bro, what the deal? And he's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. So I've got two choices. I could do it over Skype with them, or I could just wait until everything's okay again and then finish the season off, that first season. That's why I just moved. That was season seven. Season eight was uh, was going to be called Building a Brewery, and we actually filmed one episode with um, Overhop right. as they were building it, and then COVID happened, and then we couldn't keep going back to film the other episodes. So that one you scrapped. Have to work with that. Fig- well, you don't have to scrap it. You could. Couldn't you do like? I could do like a two episode season before and after. Before and after. Yeah, I guess we could, and then that's the season eight, I guess, because we kept season eight open for that, and then. Um, Maybe we could actually, and then just do one big long episode instead with their new team, because then they've got their brewer. Because I wanted to like get capture the whole process, you know, and they're our friends. Exactly. So I was like, oh, this yeah. is perfect. We get to like document them and do the whole shit. But like, we kind of missed out. So I was a little bit um, upset about that. But this has been kind of cool. So I've targeted a few people. Like I got Weathered Souls on from the Black is Beautiful beer. That was targeted. Right. Um, that was That's a lot of, awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Just to I hear didn't it. have a chance to watch that or listen to that. He was super cool, man, Marcus. He was because he just gave us the whole perspective on everything, and he was obviously in the middle of like a media blitz because the beer was taking off and everything yeah. was happening for them. He probably didn't expect it to. No, he had no idea. Not at all. He said it was the guy from Jester King told him to do it. It was he was just going to do the one time. He's like, that. you should do a fucking collab beer, and make it like the other half type of thing. And he was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. And he talked him into it and then bam, bam. So now they're on the map because of it. He said they doubled their followers yeah. and their social media person's going crazy. And you know, Yeah, I, I know that name. 
Yeah. It's in every second post on social media right Ooh. now. Which is a beautiful thing. But yeah, I just haven't really seen to target. Like everything like tonight, like I said, the brewery that was supposed to happen fell through. You were going to co-host anyway. We were already yeah. talking. The beer didn't arrive, so it wouldn't have happened. So I was like, let's just fucking have a chat. We haven't had a chat for ages. So like I kind of like it this way because I always – I think you always knew that you said, said to me, that must be like a bunch of stress doing this part. I'm like, yo, the podcast, is, it's a lot of work, man. It's a fuck ton of work. And this makes it so much less work because yeah. the live is the video portion, right? So there's no editing. There's, it's just raw. The podcast has always been raw. We never edited it anyway. I take the audio. My brother makes it pretty and like I slap the intro on there and whatever. So that still happens and he kind of makes it sound better. But like it's a little, it's an easier process for me now. And I enjoy it and I don't have to overly think. I've still got – I'm booked up to like mid-November already and I wasn't trying at all. It's just I keep talking to people like, oh, you want to do it? Boom, you're going to co-host a bunch of those with me. So like yeah. it's – you know, I want to do that more because it's like fun. So maybe we should – like we talked about it ages ago but we never really followed up on it. So maybe we should. Like I like that more oh, because – I, I think we need to get uh, Alex from Charlie Bond. I would love to do that. If you could do the same thing and you make sure we're drinking. And I don't the- know how DL it is, but he's having a. I don't know what I'm allowed to say, but he's having a release soon. Bunch of new beers, so it'd be fun to. Want to get a group chat going? Let's get a group chat. Yeah, going. we can talk about it uh, offline. I'd love to. Whatever, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'd love to chat. I've never met Alex in person, or I've spoken to him a little bit here and there, but mostly publicly. And it was always kind of jokey, and mostly about lactose. I'm just kind of giving him shit because he doesn't like it. And right. I feel like it's too much giving shit. I'd like to actually talk to him, like for real. I don't for know sure. to think I'm ever making fun of him or anything because it's all in like good fun. But I don't know him like that to do the lactose joke. So I hope that he doesn't think I'm a dick or anything. But um, every he's always super supportive whenever I post about his stuff, and I enjoy his work. So uh, he's funny. Like, <laughs> so uh, uh, no, I won't say because I think it's still a secret. But okay. I'll tell you offline. It's funny kind of thing we had back and forth about lactose. Nice. He's still team lactose from the buttermilk. Uh, from the buttermilk saison. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. call the episode team lactose. <laughs> he's gonna be so mad. <laughs> Lactophilus part two, beer? dude, it's fucking amazing. I almost feel like I just want to take my time and sip this and not even go to the last one we had planned. But maybe we should. This is it. It's so brilliant. Funny. I'm so impressed with uh, with Brasher General, man. The Max is doing a great job. I'm not sure who the brewer is out at the big facility. I think Max runs the smaller one. I know Sam runs the big facility. Sam looks like you, big beard, um, okay. top dude. He was he's the guy who who runs the social. So if you're probably speaking to people on Instagram, it's Sam. And I think on – I'm not sure who runs their Facebook, but I don't know. I was speaking to Pierre separately on a, a separate thing. I should check in with him actually. I wonder if he's probably well, – it was weird how I ended up connecting with them because oh. I had – like back in the day, I had received like typical PR-style packages from them. Okay. Um, because they've been doing would... some solid stuff for a couple of years now. Like they had okay. a, a, they have like a pale ale called Izzy. I don't know if you've ever had Izzy. I've seen it, but I haven't had it. It's great. Yeah. And it's been it was great back when there wasn't a like Masorum or a okay. Is it uh, haze? Sir John or anything like Yeah, it was like a, a hazy pale ale. Oh, okay. Um and it was good. And so like I would get a random four pack of that from them or a random a couple other things. Some stuff I didn't love, some stuff I thought was quite good. 
But then um, he randomly messaged me one day just saying, like, I don't usually reach out, but I want to reach out to you. I wanted to send you some stuff to try. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he sent um, like a, a solid lineup of everything. Like some of the stuff from the bigger facility and some of the stuff from the, the brew pub. And I was like, uh, I'm not going to say I wasn't expect. Yeah, I, I'll say I wasn't expecting to to be quite as impressed yeah yeah um especially with the the hops um yeah hops i was like yeah good but even like there was an american lager style lager in there and it was awesome okay um they had a pastry stout that was pretty good it wasn't mind-blowing this is better yeah so like clearly i'm enjoying uh, so much i'm gonna message him after this and thank him this is fucking fire bro yeah I'm so impressed. Okay, that's dope. I and like I guess you I, was at the time when you sent the photo and you were like, "Hey man, these guys sent this shit." That was probably like four months, six months ago. And you were like, "Yeah." And I think it had the original Zell in it, and you were saying the photo, and you're like, "Yo, this is good." Like, and you were like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Yeah, which is crazy. Kind of um, did they did they send you any of their Russian Imperial Stouts? They have a whole line of them. Yes. Yeah. Were they, they good? Did. Sam was telling me about them. They're very good. They look cool. So there's a. Uh, Bourbon barrel aged, uh, whiskey. Cognac, I think it's a peaty maybe? whiskey. It's a smoky shit. But it wasn't that smoky. Nice. Spade I don't remember that. if it was spa- uh, like Spicey or Speyside or it wasn't Islay, which is like the really the peaty real stuff. But it was like a it was a whiskey, and then they have a tequila one. I haven't tried the tequila one. Yet. Okay. The other two were great. It's cool. I, I like. I love hearing that. See, that's like a cool story to me. I, like, where they sort of just do their switch up because it's like they switched up the styles and got better, and then like six months later they changed the branding, and now the branding is cool and matching. So I didn't get to hang out in the area, but Limwalu is the myland of Quebec City. So he was saying that's where all Third Wave cafes are. Emporium, these guys. There was another brewery they kept telling me about that had a long name. I forgot what it was, but they did some collabs with them. That Nitro Brown Ale was a collab with that brewery, and I think it was Nectar Coffee. And I've been trying to, I'm going to order from them next time okay. I need it, but I keep getting sucked in from structure here in Montreal. They had like two fire, one that like tastes like cream soda and something else. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm getting that, aren't I? Like, structure, eh? Structure, I'm like, bro, I would highly recommend it. Free delivery in Quebec and Ontario. They're in McGill, downtown in Oldport, Montreal. Oh, I think Jenny, because Jenny works at McGill. I think that's the one she goes to. Oh, we haven't there. ordered from them. Oh, bro, I would highly recommend. This is how crazy Expensive, it was. though, I would assume? No, like 19 to $24 for a, a solid, uh, I think it's like 500 grams. Packs. still something, man. It's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. For okay. third wave, local shit, like that's regular price. Do you know what's really expensive? It's St. Henri. They reduce the size to like two fifty grams. The average uh, one's about three three fifty, sometimes more. Okay, yeah. So I think I usually spend like fifteen to sixteen, seventeen for a three fifty. On who do you get from? I I like Detour. We order a lot from um, the Montreal one. Shit. Zab. No. What does it look like? I know them all. I'm a coffee nerd. No, I want like a coffee a pur- podcast. It's like a purple design. High. It's like a high. It's like oh, a the high pack. Higher. Kohu. Um, Kohi. 
What color is the bag? The bag is purple? It's purple and white. Purple and or white. blue and white. Can tell? No, I can't. Oh, I uh, um, it's not the Vancouver 49th Parallel, is it? No, it's not 49th Parallel. I know them. Um, purple. I got cocky. I got a little too. No, it's not structure. What's a purple, purple and white bag from Montreal? Yeah, I couldn't think of it either. Pilot. Pilot. Toronto. More than Toronto. No, it's the same Montreal. Pilot. No, Pilot's from Toronto. Literally next door to Montreal. It's everywhere in Montreal. It's everywhere in Montreal now. Pilot's fucking great too. Um, structure. I don't find them expensive, but I get all their email things, and they always fucking get me. Like I was ready to to order from Nectar, and then they sent the email, and they had these two new coffees that said one was taste like apple pie, one was cream soda. I'm like, fuck you, all right, I'll order it. And t- I think I, I picked it up yesterday, right? I'm in the so we live in the building, as you know, you've been there. I'm going yeah. downstairs. I'm wearing my mask because it's inside. I'm responsible. I pick it up. I'm holding the packet, so it's wrapped in a in a you know packaging bag, and then the coffee bags are inside that. And I have a mask on. I could smell the beans through the two layers of bags and my mask. And it, and I just sent another. But my favorite thing in the world, if people do shit for me, I send them a bag of structure. That's generally what it is. Like my friend Zach here, shout out to Zach. He sent me some bolts. The um, there's a special type of bolts that let me do the shelf thing. He had like he's a tradie. So he, I didn't know what the fuck to do because he fixed something for us one time. I'm like, yo, what do I need? And he sent them to me and I realized he never billed me. So I hit him up the other day and bro, you never fucking billed me. Let me send you some coffee. So you find it? Oh no, okay. And I sent him the coffee and he was like, oh my God, bro, this smells amazing. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. So it's like they are the best smelling beans I've ever smelled. I would highly recommend even if you try one bag because there's no shipping. Um, and I always buy the high-priced one. It's the equivalent of the small batch shit that they release once off. But if you get their regular shit that they always have, it's probably 19 20 bucks. For how many? Brand? I'd have to go check the packet, but I think it's like... Um, let me check it. Do you know what? I'll check right fucking now. Structure... Oh, I want to go straight to my cart because it knows. Your cart is currently empty. For now... It is say eighteen fifty two. The main one is nineteen dollars fifty. For yeah, free shipping on Tyro Quebec until COVID nineteen. That's actually it's the greatest thing in the world to me. This one is oh three hundred and forty grams, twelve ounces, and that tastes like dark chocolate molasses and round. I, don't know, I guess it's just like a balanced thing. So nineteen fifty for three three forty grams. So is it more expensive than probably what you get? I'd say so, but it's that's the regular one versus, say, the uh, the smaller batch stuff. And I only get the small batch stuff because I've tried all the other ones, so I'm only interested in new shit with coffee all the time, and they keep dropping these random ones that just smell insane. I don't know what they do, but they get the best smelling beans, and it's crazy. Another one that's really affordable is Faro. They're from Sherbrooke. Have you had them? No. They are in supermarkets now, and surprisingly, it's really, really good. So we discovered them accidentally in Sherbrooke when we did a tourism thing a couple of years ago. And then for some reason, they hit Tiff up, and they, were, they, they opened up a store on St. Catherine in Montreal near Guy. And they hit her up to come to the launch. And we went to the launch, and then they had a fucking coffee collab beer with Sibois there on tap at their launch. And they used yeah. the cascara, like the actual coffee cherries, to make this beer. 
And the dude, I was talking to the owner's son, and he was there, and we were just having, and they were mad cool. And now their stuff is in Provigo and all on these supermarket, all across supermarkets. And they also have uh, small batch stuff, and they sent Tiff a couple of bags recently. And uh, the thing is, they don't smell great, but their bags are 500 grams, so they're like the one. They're not like the little one. They're like, you know, like tall. 500 grams and they're uh they don't smell great at all but they taste fantastic it's really fun like i'm looking at it, i'm like real sus because i'm real coffee snob like i'm probably equally coffee snobby than i am with beer and uh been having them in pour overs french press like express espresso and stuff and it's it's great but that's that's like the affordable one if you're not trying to spend too much i think fire is the best local option for affordable stuff because detour is from toronto shasta toronto Yes, I, I like Detour a lot, and I find their prices are a bit more reasonable than some of the others. I was really surprised when Saint Henri kept. I don't know if they adjusted their prices, but they went down to that two fifty gram bag, and they went to these beautiful like green bags with all gold writings. And they just looked fancy as fuck. And Saint Henri beans are fire, and they're everywhere too. They got a they got a Quebec City um, cafe and stuff, but. Yeah, it's. I find it just a little, little too pricey. I've been trying to try different places, so I've been ordering from. Um, there's one of my favorite cafes. I got two favorite cafes. One called Cafe in Gamba, and the other one's called The Standard here. At, well, The Standard, and there's like they got like okay. four or five. Gamba's got two places, and they have a, a variety of roasters. Gamba has the same ones typically: intelligentsia, counterculture. They get structure. That's how I discovered structure. They get detour as well. They do um, Saint Henri shit like that, but then the standard they do. They started. They hit me up the other day asking me about um, import companies because they want to sell non-alcoholic beers. Um, so I gave them Pivo. They were already talking to Vitriol, yeah. and they already had stuff from Vitriol. They had the Brewdog. Funny, the other dude was asking before, so they had the the Brewdog McKellar too, maybe and McKellar. Yep, they had those two. And I told them I actually sent them your photo. I went to your thing. I sent them your photo. This is my friend's okay. shit. Um, they're doing these three known uh, ones from Denmark. So you should check them out. And I sent them Le Bocale as well to get local non-alcoholic stuff to keep that in there. So I hope they stock them. But they bring in some crazy shit. My favorite shit, when we were in San Francisco in December, I discovered we stayed – have you been to San Francisco? No. We stayed in the mission. I've been there a, a few times. I hated it. This time I fucking loved it because we were staying in shit places every other time. We're staying downtown in this whack ass. It's like staying in St. Catharines and thinking Montreal's done. Okay. You hate Montreal if you stay down there. Right. I was staying in downtown. So this time we stayed in an area called The Mission, which is kind of hipster, Mexican y type of area. And I discovered this cafe called Ritual. And I, was, I didn't know it was that fire. We were, I was going there every day. Like Tiff would be getting ready. I'd be like, cool, go grab us a coffee real quick. They had some fire donuts and. I bought a bag when we left and they've been getting ritual in. So I've been buying the ritual stuff that I discovered last year. They get in um, Halo from Toronto. Halo are amazing. No, not Halo. Huh. Hale, H-A-L-E, sorry. Um, Halo is a brewery in Toronto. Right, um, yeah. They get Quietly, which is another one. They hit me up the other day because the lady, I've been got a bit of a relationship with them now. I've been really trying to meet coffee people. I really want a coffee podcast. <laughs> um, you you got to do a coffee podcast. I want one. I just don't have the time right now, but I told Tiff, like, I want to. I want to basically have like six podcasts a week, man. This is what I, I want to do. This forever. I love this shit. Well, it's it's easier from home. It's easier from home, and I I just find I can talk about all these different subjects. The problem is I know dick all about coffee, so it's almost like I'd have to have a 
I guess I could just interview them. I can ask my dumb questions in the same way I did beer and maybe it'll work out. I'm not sure what the coffee people do. I've listened, I, I subscribe to a few coffee podcasts, but they're like entrepreneurial versus what we do here. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the standard get in some really, excuse me, fun stuff that you can't get anywhere else. They do their own beans now, which is great. But because um, there's this place, my friend in, um, in uh, Ottawa, works at you obviously your family your last family's up in ottawa um there's a place called arlington five downtown just off bank Are you okay. and it's like a little cafe slash sandwich place literally the next block from um flora hall literally okay. like you can see it from their back window they uh my boy is like the, the manager there and he um what was my point i fuck totally forgot coffee it's like three beers I'm not even drunk. What the fuck am I forgetting shit for? Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Pull it back. What was I saying? Anyway, there was probably a point to it. Ottawa. Arlington. Well, your buddy worked at a... He works at the coffee joint, though. What's, but uh, what was the different... What was the specific thing of saying... Why was I saying that? What were we saying right before then? What standard stock... Uh, well, that's like a great, that's a great place in Ottawa. He taught me about a lot of stuff. Oh, so he told me about, um, there's a, uh, a, a, I guess like a contract roasting place in Ottawa, in, in Montreal, literally next to Missorum on St. Patrick, like oh. one of the buildings there. Um, and what they do, uh, that's what I was saying, that um, the standard roast their own beans there, I think, because basically you can pay these people and you can just roast your own shit. So say if we wanted to do, a roast just like and put and release it. We could just pay them for a batch and then they do the batch for us and we just sell the bags. Like it's fucking That's cool. So I think they're doing shit like that. So he told me about them because there's one who I think roast out of there called rabbit hole. They are fucking fire, bro. Rabbit hole. Are crazy. It surprises me that I don't think Missorum has even done a single beer that had coffee in it. I, maybe the <laughs> Christmas stout. The, the clear bottle one that I forgot the name of it started with C last year. Um, that was. I don't think it does. No? It was good. I don't think was, it does coffee. Oh, maybe you're right. I think it had coconut and vanilla. I think you're right. But yeah, it's right next door and they do crazy shit. So it's like you can do. But the, I think you like if I hit them up, I could be like, yo, I need 50 bags or whatever. And you make your. I don't know if they like you have to make your brand elsewhere and you make the packaging. And then be like, get the packaging sent to them. Then they just they can help you sort the oh, roast okay. out or whatever the fuck. Or you have to do it in large. I'm not sure how it works, but I just think it's cool. The coffee world is fascinating. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, I don't know a lot about it. No, nah, it's just. But it's Jenny, just, Jenny's cousin has been in the coffee scene for decades. As, um, as a pilot, like, working in it. Genius in in that world. I don't know if he's still working in it, but he he owned a cafe in ottawa early on and then he moved he moved and created a coffee spot in pei then he opened cool. a roastery he's one of those like hyper intellectual types who just gets like so nerdy into stuff that it's like on a whole other level Try no, no, no. tried no, talking to him about coffee but then within five seconds he's like on a whole other like plane of existence <laughs> <laughs> the coffee when you actually talk to the real coffee people it's like it's un, yeah. like because you and i could it's talk intense. to an average beer person and we wouldn't be dropping crazy words on them and make them feel dumb or like 
it's not that serious. But the coffee people, when they start getting real, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And they talk, like my friend Kyle, the guy at Arlington, I don't know what he says half the time. He talks to me like he's probably talking to his coffee friends. I'm like, I'm, I thought I was pretty well-versed. I don't think I'm well-versed at all because he's just dropping these words like, you know, like I've, I listened to this one, one, uh, one podcast called um, Cat and Cloud. It's a cafe in uh, a series of cafe in Santa Cruz in California. And the way they always talk, like you always, you send your staff back to origin. So that means going to Ethiopia or going to South America or going to where they grew the beans and making sure they're ethically sourced and that the farmers are getting paid well. Cause the farmers are the ones who get fucked by the, the right. middlemen and stuff. So all these different terms and like, it's it's very complex. I think it's even arguably nerdier than than beer. As far as I feel like beer, like a dumbass, like I'm not a sciencey type of dude. I imagine you're not either that much. The fact that you said sciencey kind of shows me that you're not a sciencey dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle I even know what these brewers are saying to me. I have no idea. Most of the time, I'm like, what, Matt? What's the what's the most common uh, brewer or beer or brewery owner name that you've encountered across the board? Mine is Matt. There's always, <laughs> always a Matt. Always. <laughs> Secondly, you you'd know better than me. You you that's what you do. You Matt, go out and talk to owners. That's true. There's usually but that I say makes sense. There num- are definitely a lot of Mats, but I I mostly talk to Quebecers, and there's not a lot of well. There's a lot of Mets here. Matthew. So. Um, I'm thinking, uh, Tiff, what would you say the most common brewery owners are? I know we know Matt is the number one. There's always a Matt. There's always a Matt. There's always a Mark. Mark. Oh, there's always, always a, a Mike. Mark. Mark, Mike, and Steve. Then, are we doing Quebec edition? Let's do, let's do Quebec edition. <laughs> Tiff might have Jean-Pierre, some. Jean-Pierre, Jean-Philippe, Jean-François. Jean-François. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like a J. Uh, it's, it's like a half-native John someone. It's hilarious. Um, then we've, uh, if we're going back to Anglophones, I feel like there's often, the, yeah, Mike, Mark, and Matt for sure. There's definitely a few Steves. I reckon we get a bunch of Johns. Yeah. Um, maybe occasional Pauls here and there. But Matt or Matthew oh. is P-A-U-L. Paul? Paul. Oh, Paul. Paul, Paul, mate, it's fucking Paul, cunt. You say Paul? Paul, I don't know. I'm from a very strange place, mate. <laughs> it's probably no coincidence no, it's just, that those are just the most common white names, and it's an overwhelmingly common... white industry, so yeah. it just kind of made sense that that would align. It kind of does. But Matt is really funny but Matt to me. is the number one. Matt is hilarious, because every time I'm like, yeah, the owner's name is Matt, I'm like, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> even in Quebec, because there's like a lot of Matts, I'm like, it's just, it's nonstop. I just don't, I don't know why. It just keeps being Matt. It's just like, I feel like if you got a kid, you got to name him Matt, they're going to be a fucking good brewer. You should tweet like most common brewer name. Yeah. Oh, I should actually do a poll or something like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe not right Paul now. or a poll? P-O-L-L, a poll. Well, not a poll. There's a poll and there's a poll. We're going to do a poll and see how many polls there are. All right, I'm following now. You get me? I'm getting It's very you. complicated. <laughs> you fucking drunk cunt. C word. Try to say C when I forgot because you know why I wasn't like to yeah, say that on this podcast, but on my other podcast about hip hop, bad habits, go check it out. Subscribe. Uh, we say the C word like crazy people. It's so liberating because here I'm not allowed to do that and I have to be responsible. But I'm for you because you're my friend and we talk shit all the time. It's very easy for me to uh, 
slip up, but that's okay. It's at the end of the episode. Only so many people are going to make it through. So, you know, two yeah, hours and 36 there's no minutes. One left at this point. <laughs> there's no one left. Well, there's three people tuned in live right now. I don't know who the hell that is. But it's kind of scary. Shouts to you. We're almost <laughs> done this beer. This beer is like, honestly, bro, this is probably beer of the it's night. Amazing. I've already finished it. I've already finished it. You want to do the, um, you want to do the uh, Sankey and Barrow? <sighs> or, or, or we, we don't have to because I'm, I'm pretty toast. I'm pretty toast too. Well, that's okay. We already took the the the, um, the <laughs> thumbnail with those three. I just really thought this is nothing. This is seven percent, six point five, and like, oh, it's this one was actually six point six. I think. Yeah, actually, that's probably a little more than I thought. That's actually not bad. We did well. Yeah, we did okay. It's pretty good. I'm I'm super satisfied, man. But like for real though, like I'm really really happy you're doing the rebrand. I feel like it's like a whole new vibe about what you're doing. I think it's uh. It's exciting. It's a whole new chapter for you. And like sometimes it really helps to have that refresh. Oh, Dan is in the building. Dan, you fucking legend. He's like, shout out to the real one still tuned in. So <laughs> Dan is a mad dog. So Dan is the guy lives with in your building? Yes, yeah, so it's Tiffany's cousin. He works oh, yes. works for high season. Um, I saw him on your blind tasting. Episode. Yes, yes. Dan is a G. I'm teaching him as much as possible about beer. So Dan is just loving his life right now because he gets to work. We, he used to be here every day when he lived somewhere else because he had to come and work from here. And then we got him in the building and all this month. So he's only been there a couple of weeks, only mid-October. And he's loving it because um, he's just – we're setting him up, helping him set up his furniture and stuff. And he's just loving life because he can like work all the time. Like he's editing the BOS videos right now with me and Nate. We did a, uh, one called Drink This, Not That. We did a series. So we edited this, the second series, the second episode of that. He's like, I'm teaching him about beer. I got a, um, PR got me a, um, a crowler of the latest Smoothie Sour. We talk about that a lot from Masora. One with like, and I, I think it's like peach, fucking guava, blackberry and shit. So I'm going to split that with him. I was going to do it tonight, but probably, oh, maybe tonight. Probably tomorrow because I might be too drunk. Um, he's like living my best life. I'm just like, it's great. I just love seeing him, uh, seeing him, seeing him, uh, enjoy it. And it's good because like now we're in red alert. It'd be really hard if he lived somewhere else. He wouldn't be able to do anything, but he's in the building. He's safe. And let's everything. do it. You want to do it? Let's You're do a it. thug. Tiffany, Alexis, do you mind getting me the, uh, the beer he just held up? I'm just going to hold it up there in a second. <laughs> it's a, it's a purple one. It's a Sankey. Here you go. He's okay. going to pull it up. Look at him. Look at him. Wait, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. It's delayed. Wait, you see it? Yeah. Oh, you saw it? Okay. Was it? It was that delayed? It's still, and you're pulling it up now. You just put it in front. What time is that? Probably 10, 15 seconds? <laughs> At least like almost 20 seconds. Thanks, Peter. You're um, So this is our good mates at Sankey and Baron. This is a Berliner Weiss with framboise. Oh, shit. Dan's like, do it, do it, do it. Dan's like, don't be a pussy. Do it. I like your attitude, Daniel. Dan, what are you drinking? I gave him a bunch of beers to keep in his fridge, like extras. And whenever he's up here, I usually just like – I try not to make him drink all the time. So whenever he's up here, I was like sometimes I just drink by myself and don't give it to him because I was like I'm not trying to like pollute his uh, brain too much and get him to be a drunk like us. And then sometimes I'm like, all right, Dan, come on. I got some shit for you. But it's good because you know what I learned? He's funny. He's, he learned that he loves sours. So I have a whole bunch of small pony that I never get to drink because, as you know, you can't fucking drink a small pony to yourself. No, it's too hard. So now I'm like, all right, Dan, I'm busting out. I'll put them in the fridge and 
it's good because he splits all the big stuff on me. Oh, look at that. Sorry, I'm nearly finished. So Sankia Baron is the brewery that um, we've been talking about all episode that Noah's doing his collab with. When does your collab come out, dude? Early November. Early November. When do we get our cans, you bastard? Oh, that's good. When do we get it? I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to get my can. Christoph. Fucking Christoph. You better send him. Kick me in the dick. It's pretty low. This is only 4%. Yeah, it's pretty exactly. So we're finishing off soft, soft things, you know? I'm going to put him in the fancy Hill Farmstead glass. Mm, sexy. Joe's funny, Noah. This year, how many times? I've been to a. I actually know how many times I've been to Vermont because I had to count it for my citizenship. Um, really? Uh, yeah, I think it was 12 times. And we only went to uh, Hill Farmstead in February, in March, first time. Do you know what happened? We left the camera at the hotel. Pissed. Because all we give a fuck about is taking fire pictures. And it was beautiful. It wasn't that busy. It was one of those like freezing cold winter days, but like blue skies. So mad people. And there was a whole bunch of dickheads wearing the sorum shirts sitting on the fucking patio, of course, because you know the hype boys. Yeah, those fuckheads. And like we had, I had the fucking, um, uh, I bought some Mary to go and I bought this and I bought the Brad Soigne, the collab with Luke from, um, uh, you know, Godspeed. So I bought the etched glasses. These are, they weren't even that expensive, like 12 bucks each, but they're so beautiful. Like I only use these for like the big dogs and I thought it would be good for the Dre Fontaine because it's like fire. For sure. Dan's like, I've run out, but I'll come up, make a special guest appearance on the podcast and crush something. Dan, come through, fam. Oh, actually, you got Tiff doesn't have pants on. <laughs> Who wears pants? That's why I always say, Dan. I'm like, Dan, if you're coming up, like, let us know because we ain't got pants on. <laughs> pants are overrated, but yeah, this is a uh, like Sankiam are doing some really good stuff, man. Like, this is the the Berlin. Look at that; it's nice and like I said, it's not smoothie. Look, you can see through that liquid, so you can see through that shit. Yeah. Tell me about it, no. Tell me about this one. It's it's red. Super juicy and pretty round considering how low the alcohol is on it. Yeah, it's only 4%. I was surprised at how good this one is. Like it doesn't come off watery at all for that low of ABV. No, not at all. Um, nice and like uh, I like that it's uh, barely see-through, not in like a haze kind of way, but just usually means that it's got like a fair chunk of uh, fruit going on. Which I appreciate. Why did my Do Not Disturb come off? Uh, after 12 a.m. it comes off. Oh, you bitch. Not you. I uh, I would never call you that. Um, no, man. I'm, I'm super impressed with it. This was from the last batch, I think, when I did the, the 3 a.m. drop to you or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it was. A midnight drop. That was so funny. Appreciate it. So we did. No, man. At least I could do. We had a, um, this was what, like August, July, August, some. Yeah. Oh, I think it was August. And I went to see, that was the day we went to St. Kiem. I saw Chris and I had beers for everybody because I, I had our collab with Lespas Public finally. So I wanted to make sure I got. So I gave beer to Chris for him and Nate. And then he had beer for me and you from St. Kiem. So I got that. And then you had beer for me. And then I had beer for you. So then I took that, drove from like Ottawa down to where you are. And you asleep because you have an early morning, you have kids and you got an early kind of schedule, which is a little bit opposite to mine. So I was, we were trying to, because I hadn't seen you in person. I still haven't seen you in person this year, I don't think. 
Probably not. Probably not. So we were like, maybe we're, an early. Maybe. January, oh, we used to do coffee shop runs when you were working, yeah. and we used to do like just meetups at coffee shops and just have like a half hour hour long yeah. hangout. We, we might have. In, in I think we did actually. Yeah, that makes sense. But then we. Uh, so I was hoping to hang, but we didn't get able like the little distance chat at least, None, even if it's not a beer. Um, but you had all the stuff. It's just really funny because it's so funny that you can do it and it's safe. But like just leaving all the beers in like a bag out the front, I'm like, cool. And I put a little case, a little cardboard case out the front of all your beers. Boom, thanks, sir. Boom, boom. <laughs> Very funny. But it worked out. It worked good too. The uh, Did you try the Les Musk uh, collab? Yes, it was great. Mm. I'm really happy. The first out, out of their um, at their facility. Yeah, they did a really good job with that. I'm very proud. They very have a facility now? Yeah, bros. They, they have a production facility like five minutes down the road. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah, yeah. that. I only went in briefly. Simon wasn't there. He was on vacay the week I went and picked them up, which was that same day, actually. I went and picked them up that day. Um, I met one of their other partners because they have like five partners. So I already know him and Frank. And then they have the mayor. I think his name is Pierre. And he's the mayor of Oshawaga. Yes. And they have two other partners. He was the guy who always brought me beer. Oh, really? The mayor was yeah. bringing you beer? That's pretty gangster. Well, he wasn't the mayor at the at time. The, he was just a bloke. <laughs> um, he's actually like super chill and down to earth. He's pretty he cool. Um, All right. He wasn't very, like he, he clearly has social skills, but he didn't, he didn't have a mayor vibe. That's right. He was chill. That's why I was kind of excited to, to see that he was running for mayor. Cause he just seemed like such a legit dude. Right, it doesn't always doesn't make sense that he's running from there. Um, but yeah, they got this whole huge facility, kind of similar to um, Overhops, from what I could tell. Like I went in briefly, I didn't stay long. It was my first time in a public place aside from a supermarket during COVID, so I was a little nervous. Um, they kind of went in, met the dude. Everyone spoke super French and shit because Val wasn't there either, who was my other contact. So I had to go and go, "Hi, I'm the dude for the collab," and luckily Simo. He's a fucking legend. Mark the beer. So I was able to get it. But yeah, it was really cool. It was the first batch they did. They got a local dude to make the marmalade and stuff. So I'm really happy for them. And I think it's really doing good because now instead of brewing out of uh, Oshlag, they're the second brewery that I know of at least to, you know, start their third. If you yeah. think of um, so the Overhop, Avant-Garde, the Spas, who have gone from contracting, maybe they'll probably still contract some stuff uh, to keep the cans going. Cause I know that, um, overhop we're doing that, keeping some stuff out of them and slowly moving it across. Yeah. So who's left contracting there? I imagine, I don't Matera. know if Matera, um, uh, I mean, Voxwap is owned by them now. They got, um, they, I mean, I guess Transrail are doing a lot of the, uh, distro stuff more so than, than anything else. Um, I feel like they're getting a lot of distro clients with Trailway, two crows, blah, 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 that shit. Like they're doing a lot of stuff. I was emailing with Dan today, and I was asking him how the sales were in Quebec, and he was saying that at first. Trailway? Yeah, they were killing, but now it's gone down substantially. What are you... So uh, he's trying to figuring out why that's happening. Okay, I'm going to be... Uh, I don't know how honest should I be publicly. Because I've heard, I've heard stories. That like hey, look, think about it like this. I'm not gonna say anything specific, but like I'm just typing in this beer. I've had this before and I've already read it. Berlin Berry, there you go. Um if you think about it, right? If you're a trans brew, you're owned by Glutenberg Group, who own Glutenberg, obviously Vox Pop, 
uh, and the Oshlag brands when they're out. And this is unfortunately for them, I guess, being confirmed by a uh, sales rep of theirs. And when they're out in a circumstance where they're selling beer, and have you ever seen the transcript list before? Like the the PDF where they over like no. the sales sheet. So I've had that sent to me a few times before. Um, it's like five, six pages, small print. It's fucking deep. Imagine you are a an IGA and you're the beer buyer and you are not a craft person. You're like, right. what the fuck is all this? And you'd be like, what do I need? What do you think they're going to say? Yeah. So that's really what it comes down to from what I understand. So um, I think they would do well in the specialty beer stores. Uh, Quebec also does have a very strong buy local kind of mentality. Yeah, that's what he was saying too. Uh, I've seen them around. Makes sense. Yeah, I get it. I think the thing about Quebec that I've appreciated recently, and I want to sort of flip that around for Transbrew, I think it's really dope that they've given a uh, platform for breweries like Trailway, Two Groves, a bench in Ontario, so on and so forth, Collective Arts, I think they go through them, to be able to have distribution out here. You know, even if maybe it's a little tougher to sort of get them up because maybe Collective need their own salespeople. Maybe they need one person, two people with their feet on the ground, knocking on doors, making sure that people understand it because it's kind of hard to rely on just the Transbrew reps to be able to do it all for you because if you see how many brands they have to sell, it's absurd. It's fucking absurd. Um, I can't imagine. I can say, you know, if I was them, I would probably be like, yeah, fucking just buy my shit, bro. Here's Gutenberg. Here's some... Box pop, here's some much like boom, boom, boom. And then get a few of these extras. Like, I get it, but yeah, I remember I was at Vitoon Bier, there's one close to here. They had Trailway. I was like, sick. I was really happy to see it. Really happy to see that shit. So, I mean, I think it's just. Yeah, they have it at my local spot, too. Good. Uh, And the Trailway, as we both know, are exceptional. Like, I even saved, I really, like, I'm taking care of my brother. I sent him like four cans of Trailway the other day. Um, that I had, that I'd already taken, that had a bunch of times and I'd taken photos. So I was like letting him do some new photos of him and stuff. And he had a couple of them. He was losing his mind. He was loving it. Oh, hang on. There you go. What is that? Oh, a sticker. Oh, he got the sticker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, man. I'm I a love huge on hops. Oh, huge on hops. IPAs in the country. Yep, same. I am such a huge fan of Trailway. Such a huge fan. I'm genuinely on. I, I love it when Dan laces us with stuff. I'm more than happy. I want to promote all this shit. I've done one minute reviews for all their shit, everything they have. Like I love what they do. Um, so they're, it, they're they've been doing it for a long fucking time. As far as doing high level haze, well, yeah, yeah. And I want to make sure. I think it's really dope, and I think it's important. I love that we're supporting local here in Quebec, but I also think it's important to, um, you know. Maybe just let people see what else just on the peripheral. It's not like we're getting a bunch of shit from Vancouver. I mean, you can get Granville Island, but that's macro essentially. You know, you can get some bench. Bench do exceptional sours. They do some crazy shit and they're getting like the Simcoe Grove and Citra Grove and some of the um the fruited sours and stuff. Their their food age sours are out of control. Like Mark, who's an Aussie bloke who used to he left now, but he was he started that program. Their food they have like fourteen fourteen fooders and a full funk side of the brewery it's out of control they got 200 and something barrels like they're fucking going nuts and i really think it's super dope to have that to have collective arts which is such a solid brewery um doing some interesting stuff and you yeah. know 
people like Trailway from uh, New Brunswick and how and uh, Two Crows from Halifax and shit. I love that. I think it's great for the Quebec scene because I feel like we're not overwhelmed with outside stuff here, but we get a little little sprinkle. So it's not taking away from homegrown. It's you know, uh, it's it's contributing to the overall beer picture and giving it some cohesiveness to it, letting people see what else there is. Because I think it's important to support local. You know, if you want to, but you want to see what else is popping in Canada, and I think that is a, a really cool way to do that. I agree. Yeah, and I mean, it's better than drinking some macro stuff owned by you know Molson Coors or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, they're not from Quebec, but they're from one province over or like two provinces over. And like, it's not. It's not foreign, you know. No, exactly. And it's it's. I think it helps grow the beer scene because I think it helps get Quebec into into. I think we all need to have a little bit of the other provinces in our own province. It can't just be like you look around; you can only see what's happening in Quebec. Here, I think that's very myopic and very one track minded. I think Ontario gets a, gets the best of it because the LCBO brings in a bunch of stuff. They always have some Judiciel. They always have some Unibrew, even like. They have some shit. They have now Vox Popper out there. Uh, Loop hit us all up the other day. Loop are getting into the LCBO. Um, shit like that. I think that's dope because that's dope are for they, them. Are they um, sending you their new spirit? I saw that they're doing a gin or a spirit of some sort. No, I, I you think should, you should go Tiff with should, them on that. Yeah, Tiff needs to talk to them about the spirits, I think, um, because Loop are doing some cool shit. They kombucha and juices. I think everything that Loop is doing is fascinating. Fascinating. I think it's cool. Isn't it all like repurposed bread or something? Don't know for sure, but I thought they took like they went to restaurants that were like tossing steel bread and then they used that in the mash or something like that. That's certainly a thing. I was talking to my brother about that tonight, to be honest, because they he was canning a beer. He works for Aveling in Toronto and they were canning a Hefeweizen today that was made with like a twice baked bread thing that was like that. So that's definitely a thing, but it could be for Loop. I don't I think know that's what sure. their whole thing no. is about. I wouldn't be surprised. Wrong. But they do milkshake IPAs. I've seen them in the supermarket. They do because I was saying to them when they were, they were wanting to just send us the stuff they're doing in Ontario. I'm like, well, I'm in Montreal. I I, they're doing stuff in Ontario? Oh. Yeah, they reached out to me and Nate. So Nate hit me up and was like, yo, they just sent me this stuff. I'm like, yo, yeah, man, get that shit. Do a little blog post. Fuck yeah. And they hit me up like five minutes later. And I was like, yo, well, I'm in Montreal. I have like kind of 50, sort of 50-50. Obviously, there's in the States and Australia as well. But like Toronto and Montreal are our main two audiences. So I was like, we're here in Montreal. I know you guys do some milkshake IPAs and stuff. And they were like, all right, cool. Right now, we're just promoting the Toronto, the Ontario shit. I'm like, all right, well. No, man's just team lactose out here. So, you know, make that happen, fam. Make it happen. Make it yeah. happen. Right, come on. Come on, what the fuck you hit me up for? Not sending me lactose, bro. Jesus Christ. It in his fucking face. What the fuck I'm saying? But yeah, no, I think it's cool. So I, I think it's really important that, that all the provinces get to experience what else is there because at the end of the day, if you want to make it, I mean, you could you could keep make it Montreal. You can make it Sherbrooke beer. You can make it Quebec beer. You can make it Ontario, but like make it Canadian beer. Like I don't see why we can't support the whole thing. I don't see that like, Oh, if Ontario can ship to Quebec, Quebec breweries are going to lose a whole bunch of money. I don't really think so because people are still proud of what they got. But I think 
variety is the spice of life and why do you think beer regions are popular is because people want to go to a bit of everything port moody yeah. in um bc just outside of vancouver there have yellow dog twin sales um moody ales and parkside there's four breweries right in a row and it's called brewery row and they fucking go people go and they spend the whole day there why do you think people go to Masora and then they go to Fort Origins and they probably go to Saint Tavern and they probably go into Brewski because it's all this southern like area thing. You know, if they come into Milan, they're going to go to Judiciel, Cibois, Bira, fucking Harakana. You see what I'm saying? Like it's all there. Like breweries in one area are not competitors. They create something and breweries know that shit. So I don't see why that like bringing in something like Trailway or other different stuff here in Quebec, just it helps the rest. We need Quebecers need to go out and see the other stuff as well. And then also, you know, maybe that means Quebec breweries will go into New Brunswick if they aren't already and be able to get New Brunswick folks to come over the border if they're allowed to because of the Atlantic bubble and get that stuff. So I just find it's like, uh, or at least get it, you know, locally. Like, I don't know. I think that's the secret to growing Canadian beer as a whole. I think, regionalizing it and trying to kind of trap it all in and be like, no, no outside is, is, is very like short-sighted. I don't think that's the move. Yeah, I agree. And that's why, I mean, it was exciting when Bose came into Quebec oh my years gosh. ago. I remember that vividly with the Le Coeur Noir, which was, do you know who that was? That was a, a homebrew comp- competition. Do you know who won that homebrew competition? Jordan Reinhard from Reinhard Brewing in Toronto. Really? Yeah. Told me, I didn't know that was the first one. It was a black IPA only available here. Hmm. Small world. There you go. Bit of fun fact. Ah, fun facts here on fun the Facts Get that with in Craig. Yeah, fucking dickheads. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a good fucking time, bro. They Bose opened the. Th- <laughs> Bose opened the. Uh, got so close there. You like that? Uh, I, I guess we've we've had more beers. Twelve twenty one. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. It's a three-hour podcast. I said to Tiff, I was like, we're going to talk tonight, bro. It's like we had dinner so before. We need to eat dinner first yeah. because it'll be eight hours. I said, I said talking to Noah, I'm like, I'm not going to really have much of a filter on this one tonight. I'm going to be like, let this go where it goes. Sorry, guys, I'm still watching. But, you know, I'm not sorry. We're giving you content. This is content yeah, right here. Lots of content. This is gold. This is craft beer gold, Noah Jeffrey Forrest. Yep. We got everyone's middle names the other day. Nathan has two middle names. It's pretty gangster. And Chris yeah. didn't have any. He was a little upset about it. That's okay. You don't need to have two names. You know? yeah. Here's this Bruce. Bruce, fucking Bruce. And Nate was uh, J- uh, Philippe Joseph. And I thought yours was Joseph, but his second name was Joseph. Yeah. So Chris can have Joseph. Nathan. Fuck it. <laughs> and Dan, <laughs> Dan right? You can, just, you can just have it. Just have it. Dan, what's your middle name, Dan? Tell me what your middle name is. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, have we given him enough content? I think we've given him enough content. Did we give enough content? I feel like you're drunk enough, you drunk bastard. Um, Noah Jeffrey Forrest, where can everyone find you online, sir? Uh, beerism.ca. Yeah. Or beerism on Facebook or Instagram or wherever else. It's actually beerism.ca on, uh, Instagram. And it's beerism1 on Twitter. How do you know this and I don't even know Because I tag this. you fairly regularly, <laughs> you dickhead. Thank See? you, pal. You're welcome, man. Um, pleasure. Where can people find the glassware and the fucking collab and that? Um, the burps. The glassware, I'm pretty sure, is only going to be available at the 5e and Baron Brewery. Okay. 
probably in about a month. Nice. But I will announce all of that. Is it be in about a month, like uh, November? Yeah, I think something like November 11th-ish. Oh, cool. All right. Good bit of time. Sick. I'm excited for that, man. Really excited. I think it's going to be great. And the, 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 the sure. art that you said was very cool. So I'm proud of you. I think it's great. I love Thank the new you. branding. I love the new direction. I think it's sick. I think it's a great way to kick it off with glassware and um, and a collab, a new website, and just freshen it up and just come out here yeah. and dominate and be the fucking God-level big fucking champion you are, you know? I appreciate you. No matter how much we make fun of each other mm. online all day, I still love you, all right? I love you too. You're the guy. I appreciate you. Um, mm. Guys, make sure you follow Noah. If you enjoyed this episode, if you made it three hours and 48 seconds in, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast and check out the long-form audio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Fucking everywhere you get a goddamn podcast, you're going to see it. You're going to see pretty – you're not going to see shit. You're going to listen to pretty people like Noah. You're going to hope he's pretty because you're not going to know what he sounds like and you're going to be like, oh, I wonder if he's hot. And you're going to look and when you see the video, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, he's hot. Isn't that right, Tiff? Yeah, you hear me. All right, that's it, guys. It. I can't. It's delayed. In her underwear. Oh, it's delayed. She can't even hear it. She's not actually in underwear at all, but she's <laughs> um, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Fucking get it in. You stay on the line, Noah.